Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. <laughs> Welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can't ask anyone about that. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. Flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Are you in the spirit? Yeah, I went to a baseball game last night and enjoyed it. Did you go to a Mariners game or what? Yeah. Yeah, Safeco is really nice. played the Royals. Ah. Who sucks. That is a baseball team. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Safeco's nice. I love that park. It's been a few years since I've been there, though. But happy 4th of July to all of our American listeners. Hope you all have a wonderful, safe week celebrating the independence and founding of this great country of ours. Uh, Appropriately, Seamus from Freedom Tune stopped by on uh, Friday to chat with us. So uh, we talked everything from Supreme Court to clapping at movies. You guys accused me of being a curmudgeon. All of that. That's coming up to close the show. Uh, it was good to catch up with him. Happy to talk with him again. And his channel is just exploding with success right now. Oh, yeah. Didn't so, he so, say that he's gone from 100,000 subscribers in February to 200,000 now? Yeah, he, he, he gained 100,000 in like four months. So good for him. It's, yeah. it's really going well for him. Uh, in the meantime, we'll recap all the big news of the week. And it was another big news week. The Supreme Court releases big decisions on Trump's travel ban, on compelled support for unions, for government employees, and more. And then Anthony Kennedy retires, and all hell breaks loose, and everybody freaks out. So Trump's going to get another nomination to the court. Uh, We'll go over the decision, some of the reaction to Kennedy's retirement, and then I want to talk about what should Trump be doing here 
uh, with his nomination. I've heard diff- com- some competing thoughts about what people want to see from a nominee. And then and we'll think- speculate wildly about when Ruth B- Bader Ginsburg is going to die. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course, yes. My prediction, my official prediction is, obviously she's staying on the court just trying to cling to life <laughs> until Trump's out of... I'm not kidding. This is not me hoping for her death or anything like that. I hope she stays healthy. But I know she's staying on the court just to outlive Trump's term. The way these things work, she will probably die with like a few months to go, just enough time for Trump to to nominate her successor. That's the way these things work. Yeah. In the in the ironic world of um of Trump hatred, of Trump derangement syndrome, which Ruth Bader Ginsburg most certainly has. Oh yeah, for sure. In addition to a host of several other diseases, <laughs> one of which is pancreatic cancer. But mm-hmm. true story. All right, now that I've ruined the mood of the show, <laughs> what what's, what else is in the news this week? Oh, there were the shooting in uh, Annapolis, Maryland. So there's a shooting at the newspaper, every, and then everybody jumps to conclusions before the facts are even out. So it was Trump's fault, and it was Milo's fault, and then we got to get on TV and call for an assault weapons ban, even though we found out later the guy used a shotgun. Yeah, they're like to do with- Ramos shotgun, and then it's just media silence. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the YouTube shooting. Let's never talk about this again. <laughs> That's pretty much how it went. Uh, I've not heard David Hogg speaking out about this one, but maybe he will. Other big news this week, self-described socialist Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez upsets incumbent Democrat Joe Crowley in New York City, and Democrats in the media are just fawning over this lady. She's a self-described democratic socialist. I spent some time looking at what her actually her actual policy platform is on her website. Pretty dumb. Pretty dumb. You know, every, everybody's far right in the media. Far left is never a term that's used. Like, if ever there was an appropriate time to use it, it's this lady. Just one step short of communism, I would say. She's, she's, but she'll be there. She'll be there soon enough. Uh, the GOP, we've been saying for months or weeks, hey, GOP, you want to win in the midterms? All you got to do is just do a super cut of yeah. these leftists and Democrats saying crazy things and say, at least we're not them. Well, they basically did that. They put together an ad called Unhinged. So we'll have a viewing of that. And, um, you know, it's another week. So, of course, hoax hate never takes a break. A family makes a career, as far as I can tell, out of hoaxing hate at their home near Cleveland, broadcasting their victimization while refusing to work with the police. We'll see if uh, anyone buys their story or not. I know I do not. I think there's shenanigans and other foul play uh, in in this case. (laughs) And of course, we'll take Super Chats in between uh, topics. We read 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because, of course, we are no good lowdown money grabbers. We were at the policy, but we got to keep the Sunday show moving along. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Thank you all for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That's beauty and the beta at gmail.com. You want to take the show on the go? What are you laughing at me for? Leland? Oh, I, you know how I told you I look more like a blow up doll than I normally do because yes. I got these false eyelashes for my wedding and like this Asian lady really poured me out. And so. Sure. Things are just going wrong already with, with oh, the, the wedding. With all the live chats talking oh, the about. Ch- gotcha. The chat can't help but opine. I see. Uh, if you want to take the show on the go and just listen to the audio, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. All those podcast formats are linked in the description for you. Wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us. Let's uh, let's do some quick um, art and announcements and quick stories before we hop into the big Supreme Court news. So. Only one piece of art this week, but it's from veteran artist Rich, who has been doing the uh, doing the um, alternate reality 
depictions of us over and over again. So he says this one is called, uh, you guys are celebrating July 1st, Codependence Day. Happy Codependence Day, guys. Welcome to the Empire. I love so, this. This is so adorable. Most adorable yeah. one yet. Look at your little mustache. I know. It's very nice. I'd, I'd have to have a lot of, well, for one, I'd have to grow a mustache forever. I don't know that it would ever be quite that thick, but I'd have to get the little wax yeah, yeah. To, to, to do the little twirly thing. And my Never little hat. I love on this. This is Yes. Good. And I've got a book about tea in the back and a framed picture of the queen. <laughs> it's very nice. Thank you, Rich. Uh, a couple of announcements. So um, there will be no call-in show this week. It's the 4th of July. Hopefully you guys all have plans. Uh, something better to do than call this podcast. But we'll be back on July 11th with the call-in show as usual. Uh, you, I, as, as we mentioned, you're getting married on Friday. Congratulations. Yeah, That's going to be great. And uh, so you're not going to be doing the show on Sunday. No. So Romy Millennial will fill in with me on Sunday, uh, next week, July 8th. And uh, we'll do the best we can. She's done it before and it, it went all right. So... And I can, I'm pretty sure she'll show up, which is like mostly what I need someone to do. Yeah. So, uh, Rowing Millennial next week. You sent me this week, uh, this link earlier. And, uh, this is, this is your, this is your, um, let me find the story here. This is your blondes disease cover girl, Chelsea Handler. <laughs> we, I don't even understand like what the hell this is. I don't know. I mean, I think that what I said to you when I sent it to you on Skype was diagnosis, terminal. Terminal. This is terminal blondes disease. If people aren't familiar, the idea that if you reach a certain age childless, you and you're female, you just go crazy. Yeah. I mean, she is in her late 40s. She's up there. Yeah. So Chelsea Handler posts this topless picture of herself in a makeshift towel diaper Laying next to a baby. I don't know whose baby it is. I think it's her niece. This is just so try hard. She's like, look how funny I am. I'm so funny. She she posts this to her Instagram and captions it, quote, just something to cheer up everyone on a cloudy day. That doesn't explain that at all. (laughs) I could think of many. First off, this doesn't cheer me up. No. Second off, I can think of many alternative, non-nude, weird, bizarre things that uh, would cheer me up better on a cloudy day. Live chat's telling me she's only 43. That's still well old enough to have terminal blondes disease. Oh, for sure. But I thought she was like pushing 50. Well, you know, if anyone wants to get in there and rescue her before menopause, uh, you know, take one for the team and save. (laughs) Try to save this sinking ship. Uh, Send Chelsea a message on Instagram. (laughs) Other interesting things this week. Um, your your i don't know how would i characterize ann coulter she is like your mentor your your idol she is i mean if there's an argument for women not having children you know i i understand in some cases because ann coulter is childless and she's uh my hero and yes ann coulter is obviously the exception yeah i wanted this this page that i had just turned into an ad for against uh, Maryland Matt, the guy running for uh, for Senate here against John Tester. Get out of here, Maryland Matt Rosen. Is everybody know. talking about this Ann Coulter thing? Before you dropped it in the notes, I hadn't even seen it. I forget where I saw it. I thought maybe you had linked it to me, but obviously you didn't. Someone no. linked it to me this week. Anyway, Ann Coulter was on the street, approached by a TMZ journalist, asked various questions about the uh, the the issues going on at the border, and her responses were... Uh, very hard-hitting, very classically Coulter. Very funny. So this is what Ann Coulter had to say to this reporter. 
Have you seen the pictures of these so-called detention camps? Yes, have you heard the tape? It's weird. Um, I think they need to improve their scripts. They're saying mommy and daddy. Nope, you wanna put it in, a, in Spanish next time. The biggest thing is these kids are being separated from their parents. Uh, They're being separated from coyotes and drug mules. I mean, that has already been proven. And their parents. They're, they're, they're in there by themselves. You know what? The parents could stay in Mexico. You don't get to get out of committing crimes in this country because you have a baby. Why, I mean, why don't we let out Bernie Madoff? His kids suffered. One committed suicide. All of the former first ladies have spoken against this practice. They say it's unjust, it's wrong. Thank God first ladies aren't elected officials. Love that line. Do oh, you so think good. this would be a stain on our country's history? Kind of like to be the end of our country's history if we let these hordes in. It will never these ever hordes. stop. This is a political movement to transform our country into Mexico. Do you have kids? Oh, give me a break. I'm just asking. Do you have kids? Do you have a vagina? Because I don't want you talking about anything having to do with women. <laughs> no, that's I have a brain. Well played, Anne. Yeah, this well guy played. did not know who he was up against. What did he think he was getting into here? I don't know. Um, I, I have a hard time, as, as blunt as she is, I have a hard time disputing much of what she's saying there. I don't know that I can get fully on board with like the, them being actors at the border, which is what she's implying. I mean, but, would they say mommy and daddy? That's a I don't know. I also haven't heard the tape, so I assume she's right about them saying that. Did you read the comments on the, on the TMZ video? No, are it's they good? It's a total white pill. It is super supportive. Everybody, everybody's like, TMZ, BTFO. Wow. I mean, they did get wrecked. Whoever that reporter was did get wrecked. Yeah, that was it, it, was just, it was just a dumb argument. Do you have kids? I mean, I'm, her response was so great. I, I really appreciated uh, the way she responded oh, to that. God, I love her so much. Yeah. And thank God First Ladies, is not, or being First Lady is not an elected official or being in a, an elected uh, position. That was, that was super funny. Yep. Okay, you want to talk? Uh, you want to talk court, Supreme Court? This is like the biggest Supreme Court week in a yeah, long time. Yeah, let's do it. So let's talk about the decisions first, because we had two really two big time decisions that came down this week. Remember, previously a couple of weeks ago, we had the cake decision, which, well, it came down in favor of the baker. Was you know didn't really set any precedent. Wasn't really based on any principle or philosophy. Was just a narrow ruling for that particular baker. It's kind of unsatisfying, even though we got the answer we'd like to get or the ruling we'd like to get more stuff coming out of the court this week. So uh, the first case, Trump versus Hawaii, this is the upholding of the travel ban. And this is a five, four decision. Both of these are five, four decisions as if I'm not mis no seven, I forget the, the Kate case was seven, two. So that wasn't five, four. That was, was, it that was really? seven, two. Yes. Uh, but these two are these two are important decisions. They're five four. Keep in mind how consequential that nomination and confirmation of Neil Gorsuch is. If you have President Hillary, it's somebody else. Totally conceivable these decisions go the other way if you have President Hillary. Or well, I guess in this case you wouldn't have the travel ban anyway, so this this case would be moot. But this union case that we're talking about in the next in the next one certainly would be uh, would have some consequences if, if it uh, were it not for, for President Trump. So in a 5-4 decision, this was written by Chief Justice Roberts, the court upheld Trump's travel ban from seven countries, famously dubbed the Muslim ban. Um, and it's true these countries are predominantly Muslim, but they also have unstable governments. The idea here is right. 
we can't vet people coming from these companies uh, from these countries because we can't trust their governments to have proper documentation of these people. And of course, everybody's pointed this out already, but it doesn't include the most populous countries. The statistic, the statistic I've heard is this travel ban does not cover 92% of global Muslims. Oh yeah. I mean, so it's Saudi wildly, Arabia is not on here and neither is yeah. Indonesia. It's a totally ineffective Muslim ban. If it's purely a Muslim ban uh, that said, these countries are, predominantly Muslim, but they're also prone to extremism. So the, you know, if, if you'll recall, this is Libya, Syria, Iran, Yemen, Somalia, and then later Venezuela and um, North Korea were right. also added. Now those are obviously are not Muslim countries, but they pose a security threat. So Justice Roberts, writing for the majority, wrote the proclamation, meaning the travel ban, is squarely within the scope of the presidential authority under uh, the Immigration and Nationality Act. He continued, the proclamation is expressly premised on legitimate purposes, preventing entry of nationals who cannot be adequately vetted and introduced, uh, sorry, and inducing other nations to improve their practices. Uh, The text of the travel ban says nothing about religion writes um writes uh justice um justice roberts now the dissent argued that this whole thing constituted uh unconstitutional religious discrimination they were citing past trump statements outside of the travel ban itself so trump tweeted that he doesn't like muslims and trump said in december whatever before he was even elected like i'm proposing a muslim ban remember when he said that Uh, but at least the court in this case said, we're not going to look at past statements. We're going to look at what the policy itself is and decide, is it within the scope of the president's constitutional authority or not? And in this case, it clearly is. Uh, the other interesting thing about this case. So if you recall Korematsu, the case Korematsu versus United States that actually upheld the internment of Japanese citizens during world war II, it's never actually been explicitly overturned. And it wasn't necessarily overturned in this case, but it's, been explicitly stated as bad law um, by the court. And the reason is because the dissent kept citing Korematsu. You recall in that case, the government was citing security concerns as an excuse to intern Japanese citizens. They said that the majority's reasoning, the dissent said the majority's reasoning in this case was akin to Korematsu, that they're citing security concerns to deny certain religious people entry, whatever. In rebutting that, Uh, Justice Roberts wrote for the majority, the dissent's deference to Korematsu, however, affords the court the opportunity to make express what is already obvious. Korematsu was gravely wrong the day it was decided, has been overturned, has been overruled in the court of history, and to be clear, has no place in law under the Constitution. So Korematsu effectively dead explicitly as a result of this um, decision. That's an interesting kind of footnote to this case itself. Um, Bottom line, at least from my perspective, The president has clear constitutional and statutory authority to control immigration into the U.S. The court is not. This is where people on the left or people opposed to this get confused. The court is not speaking to the wisdom of the policy. It's not the court's job to say good immigration policy, bad immigration policy. The only thing the court is to do in this case is, is the president within his authority to do it? And then it's up to the legislature and us to decide, do we like this policy or don't or don't we? And if we don't, then we just vote for a new president. We vote for a new Congress. We fix the policy that way. Any thoughts on uh, on uh, the travel ban being upheld? I assume no, this I'm, is I'm something... actually not super surprised about this. Um, but as far as Korematsu is concerned, the left never wants to talk about that because it's their precious FDR. Hmm. 
I wonder yeah. why people don't bring this up more frequently. And then I was well, like, oh, I, I I'm on. glad to see this happen. I mean, even when during the election or during like um, 2016, summer 2016, Trump versus Hillary during the election cycle, the campaign. I remember the Huffington Post explicitly stating at the time, Korematsu is still good law. Trump could use it to intern the Muslims, basically. When in reality, everybody knows that as a practical matter, Korematsu was never going to be cited and upheld by a present-day right. court. And this, I'm just glad to see a court ex expressly state that so I don't have to deal with this leftist garbage right. in the future of them saying, Korematsu is still good law. They're going to round him up and put him in internment. No, they're not. Korematsu's dead, and I'm glad that we have that. Agreed. Now, this next case, uh, very interesting. I, I think this one is the more interesting of the two. Not that the travel ban isn't important. I, I do think we ought to uphold the president's authority to, to, you know, uh, to maintain control of security issues with immigration. But I think this Janice versus AFSCME case is much more interesting. So I'm going to try to simplify this as much as possible. Uh, the idea here um is that uh, the, the way this th this was another 5-4 decision uh written by alito i should say but the court ruled that government workers who choose not to join unions cannot be required to pay for collective bargaining so collective bargaining being the actual bargaining between the union and the employer in this case the government to hammer out a contract under which all the people represented by the union will work so setting all the rules at work setting the pay all the benefits all that stuff so under the current arrangement in Illinois, public employees, Janice, the person named in this case, was a public employee in the state of Illinois who didn't want to be a part of the union. Under the arrangement in Illinois, public employees were required to pay AFSCME, which is the union bargaining with the government, a quote-unquote agency fee. Not union dues, if you don't want to, but an agency fee. And the agency fee is distinct from union dues, theoretically, in that the agency fee is supposed to be um, strictly the cost of collective bargaining. So just the cost of negotiating the contract, it's not, you know, they're not charging in theory for political activities or right. anything else. It's, it's, the idea is that you're avoiding the free rider problem, that like I get the benefit of the contract without actually paying the cost of it. So I really don't think the distinction between agency fees and union dues is all that meaningful. It's I think meaningful, right. the, the money's fungible. I mean, let's be honest, like the idea that these funds are strictly separated and they never change hands and you never actually fund politics that you don't want to. I just don't buy it. So in Illinois, as a condition of employment, uh, the Illinois state government was forcing people to to join the union, essentially. As a condition of employment, you will pay X amount from your check to this AFSCME labor union. But theoretically, it's only for the collective bargaining. It's not for them paying, you know, giving money to Democrats and all, and all that. But we know, of course, that's basically what's going on. So Justice Alito, writing uh, for the majority... Uh, declared those agency fees unconstitutional. He wrote, we conclude that this arrangement violates the free speech of non-members of the union by compelling them to subsidize private speech on matters of substantial public concern. 
He continued, we recognize that the loss of payments from non-members may cause unions to experience unpleasant transition costs in the short term and may require unions to make adjustments in order to attract and retain members. But we must weigh these disadvantages against the considerable windfall that unions have received over the years. Yeah. Um, unions in dissent and the dissent, the dissenters on the court cite that free rider problem I spoke to that people can opt out of joining the union or union membership, but still enjoy the benefits of the, of, um, of collective bargaining. Here's my bottom line on, on this case. Um, if union membership is so great, if you get so many benefits out of it that they clearly outweigh the cost of the dues, why would you ever have to compel or coerce union membership? Like if it's so great, everyone's going to sign up for it regardless. Um, so I don't understand this argument for coercing people into the union. Uh, but beyond that, I agree with Alito. Obviously, the government should not be forcing anyone to subsidize any organizations against their will, but especially overtly political organizations like AFSCME is. Um, and, and so this is, a ba- this is a win for basic freedom of association and, and First Amendment freedom from compelled speech. And I'm very happy this case was decided the way it was. Yeah, and I have a hard time believing that tons of people were actually benefiting from the collective bargaining. You mean uh, the non-members or yeah. just people in general? It seems like an absurd argument to me. Not as absurd as this Nancy well, Pelosi argument. <laughs> I have no doubt that they're getting sweet contracts, but that's the nature of, of unions in the public sector, and that's why it's so perverse. Like, if you if we go, let's say we work at Target, you and I, and we want to join a we want to form a union there, we'll negotiate with our boss, but and and we'll sit down at the table with our boss if we're successful in organizing it. But we both have an interest in the business surviving. You know, like we're going to try to get a each going to try to get the best deal possible. But ultimately, if Target goes bankrupt, we're all screwed. So the the workers are not going to sink the business. In the case of this public sector, like in like in Illinois, the Democratic politicians give the unions the sweetest deal possible and don't care about how it's paid for because they just have the legislative purse strings and it's yeah. on the public's dime. And then the union, in turn, raises a bunch of money, gives it back to these Democratic politicians. It's just a corrupt cycle, and there's no actual fiscal accountability. There's no adverse. They're not opposing forces. They're just hand-in-hand forces digging into the public purse, basically. Were you That's, expecting this? I am. A, I'm more surprised that this case was um, was decided the way it was than the travel ban one, because this actually overturned precedent. These agency fees were upheld in a prior decision called a boot. So they actually had to explicitly overturn some previous precedent to, to make this happen. But at the end of the day, I, the government cannot be forcing you to support organizations, forcing you to support messages you don't agree with, even if it's a term of your employment. Generally, government has more leeway with these things when it's acting as employer as opposed to regulator of just private people. But this is just a win. Again, I, th- I want to listen to Nancy Pelosi in a second. People characterize this as anti-union. It's not. It's anti-coercion. And I'm not even anti-union. If you want to, j- I'm no problem with unions as long as they're voluntary. In the public sector, it's dicey. But in the private sector, no problem with it as long as it's voluntary. I have a problem with coercing people into joining organizations. In a healthy labor market, you don't really need unionization, though. There's a people de- can just leave a job if they have some kind of crime. There's certainly a debate about their their necessity these days. Like th- I think they've right. accomplished important things in the past, but I don't know that it's super necessary these days. I just don't want people forced to support organizations exactly. against their will by the government. It's encouraging. 
Yeah. Let's listen to what Nancy Pelosi has. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So this this is just, I, I can't even make sense of this of clip. Argument, the, right. the one reaction to this case that I wanted to play was Nancy Pelosi, who came out and did a, a press conference discussing this Janice v. v. Afsme case. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and play it, and we'll see if we can make sense of it. So this is, uh, this is Nancy Pelosi on the, on the union case. The Supreme Court has now labeled themselves the Supreme Corp short for corporation. With this decision to weaken the hand of workers on top of their decision of Citizens United to strengthen the hand of corporations and special interest money in our political process, they have reduced the leverage of workers in our country. The Supreme Court's decision does violence to the First Amendment does violence to stare decisis in terms of other uh, decisions that have been made that they have now thrown out the door. It does violence to our democracy. And it does violence to the benefits and job security of millions of America's working families. But even if you don't belong to a union, your family has benefited uh, if you're a worker out there uh, uh, because how? they have raised the standard. We have That's a better, this the raw deal. We have a better deal, better jobs, better pay, better future. And part of that is the Public Service Freedom Act to Negotiate Act which we are introducing today in our house. But that's what this, uh, the Freedom to Negotiate Act, I haven't read her legislative proposal, but that's that's what this is. This is now the freedom to associate and the freedom to negotiate. That's that's what's been upheld here. Was she talking about unions raising the standard for employees everywhere? Generally, which I think is which I think is historically defensible, but I don't know how effective it is these days. What is she talking about? I'm more confused by the violence comments like first yeah. off i don't understand how this is an anti-first amendment decision in any way how how could you possibly say that giving people the freedom to voluntarily join organizations voluntarily support organizations financially or not that's freedom how are you arguing that coercion is pro it's first free. amendment but second off right. what do you mean by the term violence like this textual document what acted violently upon this other textual document? What does that even mean? I do think that was mistaken wording. She said it like four times. She said it's violence She's against the First Amendment. She sounded pretty senile. Am I alone on this Violence one? against our democracy itself. I, I'm not even clear what she means by that. Mm-hmm. And to your point on the accomplishments of unions, it's for, for her argument, I can grant all of that in full. I can say, you're right. Unions have done great things for working people. They continue to do great things for working people then join it voluntarily. That's the whole point. It's not about whether unions have done good things or not. It's not about union good, union bad. It's about coercion. And Nancy, if you believe people ought to be coerced into joining organizations and supporting messages, I don't understand how you claim to be on the pro-freedom, pro-First Amendment side. Well, that's just pandering. I mean, these people fundamentally are collectivists. And if she really does believe that unions have increased the quality of life for everybody in the labor force, then that's that's all she's focused on. Yeah, she's like, you're not doing your part as part of the collective. I guess, but it's like, if I'm one of these workers and it's like, okay, I'll pay 40 bucks a month and I get what? I get guaranteed raises on a certain schedule. I get a really good health plan. I get um, representation at work in case I'm disciplined. For me, it's like, if okay, if I get all those things in there, great. 
Sure, and it's only 40 bucks a month for me? Sign me up because that's a good deal. Like all you unions have to do is give workers a good deal that they're not going to refuse and they're going to sign up for your organization. Very simple. Right. There's no coercion necessary if you're providing them value. Agreed. But we can't provide them value. We have to like force them in. We have to herd them into herd them into the stable, keep them all in order. It's 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 nonsense. Okay. Any more thoughts on uh, on the union case? No, sorry. I, I wasn't talking very much because it is so hot in here. So hmm. I just had my fiance. I was texting him to come in here and turn on the AC. So we're good now. Ah, okay. My computer's well, not going to overheat. I think yeah. we're going to make it to the show. I got my AC running too. So sorry if you can hear a little bit of fan noise, but it's, it's hot yeah, here, too. here too. Okay. So th- that those were the big Supreme Court case uh, releases, decisions of the week. And then on Wednesday, Justice Kennedy comes out and says, uh, surprise, Supreme Court news is not yes. done. Uh, I am, in fact, going to retire. Now, this is important insofar as it's a Supreme Court justice generally. But recall, Justice Kennedy has been a key swing vote on the court for years. And okay, so he before I rip Justice Kennedy, because I'm not a fan, he has uh, he he has sided with conservatives uh, or the conservative wing on the court on issues like the travel ban. Okay, he's one of the deciding votes on the travel ban. Uh, this labor union case, this agency fee case we just discussed, uh, he wrote the opinion in favor of the baker, even though I think it was a trash opinion, yeah. as we recently um, described. He sided with conservatives in the 2008 Heller decision, affirming the um, Second Amendment protects the individual's right to keep and bear arms. That was an important decision. Uh, he also wrote the Citizens United opinion, which everybody hates, at least the left hates with a passion. And remember, that gave corporations the right to make unlimited campaign contributions. That said, he has sided with the liberal wing as well. He wrote the 2015 marriage equality decision. Uh, he has sided with liberals in challenges to Roe versus Wade. Of course, the case establishing the right to an abortion. He has sided with liberals on death penalty cases. He decided uh, he was a deciding vote in a 2005 case to prohibit the execution of juvenile defendants. He was a deciding vote in a 2008 case blocking the death penalty of a defendant who raped but did not kill a child. No death penalty for that guy. Uh, and in 2014, he voted against a Florida law that set an IQ cutoff for determining intellectual disability and capital punishment cases. So before we talk about the retirement here, I am not a fan. I am not a fan of, of Justice Kennedy. I'm happy to see him leave the court. The reason I'm not a fan of his uh, is because I can't understand his judicial philosophy if he even has one at all. So every decision I read from Kennedy reads like, he chose a politi- an outcome first out of the, exactly. of the political outcome he wanted and then thought, okay, that's the outcome I want. How can I rationalize this with constitutional reference to make it, make it so? Rather than using sound principles and constitutional under- understanding and saying, These are, this is kind of the, the building blocks I use to build my reasoning, and wherever that leads me, that's the conclusion I'm going. Instead, I think he concludes first and rationalizes later. And I think the cake shop case it's is a perfect, perfect example. example. Exactly. Uh, I think he chose the outcome he wanted. And I think he rationalized it in a way that would be as politically palatable as possible and do the least damage to existing civil rights law. He, he, wanted, a, he wanted a way to get this baker off without, um, without calling into question you know, the Civil Rights Act or, or re- really setting any kind of precedent for liberty, freedom of association, freedom of religion beyond just this one specific Colorado case. Uh, 
So I, I, I can't understand his approach philosophically. I think he's just the guy who's like, I want to be the, the maverick moderate who's going to be the decider when it's a 4-4 split. And I'm going to be, you know, I want to be the most powerful man on the court, that kind of. I just, I'm not a fan of his. I can't understand his thinking at all. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm concerned about what Trump's going to do. It didn't even occur to me until I listened to that Sticks video that he might choose somebody more moderate just because he's replacing somebody that was a swing vote. Take a look at the list in a moment. Um, I tend to see a lot of originalists on this list. I, yeah. tend, to, I tend to see a lot of uh, Scalia Gorsuch types. Some of them are uh, have a less uh, less lengthy track record, so we don't necessarily know how they would rule on certain issues. But I don't but see that's my problem with Kennedy. You you have to be not even principled, but you have to adhere to constitutional values. I don't care about anybody's set of personal morals Agreed. or their moral philosophy. In fact, I think yep. that should be entirely separate. That's yep. not what they're, that's not what they should be doing. I think that people have lost sight of that. So it's so the thing that's been so interesting about watching this to me is Anthony Kennedy has been a, the occasional or even frequent hero of the left. Remember, this is the guy who said marriage equality is the law of the land. He's the hero of gay, gay marriage in this country from 2015. And the minute he decides to retire, they all turn on him. Why? Because he committed the crime of retiring under a Trump presidency. So this was uh, this was the headline in the Huffington Post on Wednesday. I saved a screenshot. It's settled. He's ghastly. Good grief. He's ghastly. Okay. And why is he ghastly? It links to an op-ed in the Huffington Post written by some guy named Huron Greensmith. I'm not sure who this person is, but here are a couple excerpts from this op-ed in the Huffington Post. Um, just The headline is, Justice Kennedy chose to let Trump pick his replacement. That's his legacy. Come on. Like, he nothing did so he... much for the gay community. Can't right. you just let this old man retire? He's nothing been on the Supreme he... Court forever. Come on. He's been on the Supreme Court since, I think I looked it up, I think it was 88, like right at the tail end of the Reagan 30 years. administration. I mean, so... Again, nothing he did counts. Marriage equality, the stuff he's done on the death penalty, fighting off challenges to Roe v. Wade that you guys love. None of that counts. All that counts is he let Trump pick his replacement. Okay. Justice Kennedy's, uh, this, what is this? It's toward the end of the story here. Uh, or no, here, here's a quote. Justice Anthony Kennedy's retire, retirement announcement on Wednesday secured his legacy by declaring his intention to leave the court on the same day he joined an opinion by Chief Justice Roberts gutting labor rights and the day after he joined opinions upholding President Donald Trump's Muslim ban and overturning California's protections against fraudulent crisis pregnancy act, uh, centers. Um Kennedy has ensured that he will be remembered not for his landmark pro-LGBTQ cases he authored, but for upholding the racist, misogynist, anti-labor principles that run rampant throughout the Constitution. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I said Constitution. They meant, but they do. They probably do think that too. Yeah. Rampant throughout the Trump administration. This, this is the end of the story. By retiring now, at the end of the spring 2018 term, Kennedy has made clear an indisputable statement he wants trump to be able to appoint his successor and he wants and he wants the closely divided senate to confirm that candidate before the november midterms i don't know, you know who agrees with this hmm. ben shapiro did you listen to his segment about this the other day yeah i yeah his take was like he ben's theory was that kennedy sees the left becoming too extreme and he wants to basically add a counter to that. If it's I'm... highly speculative because outside of his retirement, there's 
literally no evidence. And he could have taken the opportunity to express that through the cake decision and failed. That's my critique of Ben's take is like, if you really want to take a strong stance against some of these, frankly, extreme left wing dissents, he really could have. He didn't. He right. wrote these like mealy mouthed, lame opinions instead that really didn't take a stance for anything. I mean, he's just an old man, 81. I mean, yeah. that is up there. That's the thing is like you, you, you people are insane. Like he's written all kinds of cases that you adore, that you that you consider sacred and, and huge accomplishments in terms of American progress. And yet he committed the sin of just being an old man and saying, you know, it'd be nice if I have a few years at the end of my life where I can relax. Right. I mean, I still think that he might be sick. Um Maybe. I mean, how good can your health really be when you're 81? Something's it, going wrong. And it's so annoying. Like, what's the point of a lifetime appointment for the Supreme Court justices? The theory is that they'll be apolitical, that they're not accountable to political whims. Mm -hmm. the, the, these people at the Huffington Post and elsewhere, they're like, no, no, no. I want the Supreme Court justices to be political. I want them making political calculations. Do you really, about though? That's what they, well, in theory, they do. They think I mean, they want that. that's insane to me. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Ideally... You, it wouldn't necessarily matter who the president is, and we'd be appointing, appointing people to the court who say, listen, I'm just here to tell you what the Constitution says, and that's it. Like, exactly. my politics are irrelevant. Right. Who nominates me, irrelevant. It, and you don't always get what you think you're going to get either. Like, Kennedy, keep in mind, Reagan appointee. There, there have been several cases of, like, flaming liberals, uh, flaming left-wing crazy people on the court who were nominated by conservative presidents. You don't always get exactly what you think you're going to get. Right, right. So uh, Trump is going to make the nomination to fill this position on July 9th. So that would be a week from Monday, a week from tomorrow. Uh, we do have a list of the front runners from the New York Times. I can't tell you that I have like, you know, seriously vetted this list, but we do have, a. I guess there's a list of, I think, five or so front runners. I'll link this in the description if you want to read about them. I know basically but, nothing about any of them except for Amy Barrett. Yes. I uh I heard I heard Ben describing, you know, going through the she breaking has down some of these. Nine kids. Wow. She's also Catholic, so you know. Seven for, of her own, I believe, and two adopted. Good for her. I mean, I I really don't want a, a woman yeah. in there. <laughs> well then we'll take uh we'll take the, the Indian man for diversity. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so, there's some diversity hires on this list. Um, yeah, so the list does at least my brief vetting of it. I don't see a lot of unpredictable moderate. I don't see a lot of Kennedys. Yeah. What I see is people would be considered conservatives or originalists. So when I say originalists, what I mean is people who believe the Constitution meant what it meant at the time it was written and nothing more. Like we're not going to insert and invent rights and put them in in there because the spirit of it says this or whatever it's there's no magical it's hard rights. to tell though i mean didn't reagan think that that's what he was getting with kennedy i don't know what he thought I, I i've not read any of that i don't know i've not read any of the statements or i don't know what he said hmm. uh but i i don't it looks like if this story's right that that trump is going to go with someone of more uh like a more gorsuch perspective Good. than a kennedy Good. perspective and I would support that. Uh, so this is the big question is um, that a lot of people are discussing. Should Trump pick a conservative or an originalist uh, and shift the court? Or should Trump aim for a Kennedy-like swing or a moderate to appease the left? I think you and I actually probably agree on this yeah, mostly. Of course he should <laughs> pick a conservative and constitutional. Of course he should. Obviously. So 
from my perspective, like just my personal opinion, regardless of the politics, I do want someone of an originalist perspective as my own perspective on how the Constitution ought to be interpreted has evolved over time. I want somebody who believes the Constitution says what it says and nothing more. I, I don't want somebody who will magically insert new provisions into the document. I don't it, it, like the, it, the classic example is Roe versus Wade. Now, whatever you think about abortion and abortion, whether we ought to have abortion or not, the case invents a right to privacy based on the uh, emanations from penumbras or something, you know, concepts implicit in ordered liberty, the, these crazy things that are not written in the document. I don't want people writing these decisions where they just write these loose uh, nebulous interpretations into a document without reference to what the document actually says. I don't want that. Um, at, so right. that would be my or, personal um, preference. Or change the original intent of the Constitution Correct. based upon things that have, that have changed over time, technological advancements, things like that. Like, yeah. As, now, as a political calculation, this is where I think the debate is a little more interesting because I've heard several arguments that as a political calculation, Trump should choose someone more moderate, centrist, whatever. No. Um, I don't <laughs> think I don't think as a from a political calculation perspective, Trump should aim for another Kennedy. Um, I think a huge reason that he was elected was specifically this purpose to restore constitutional oh, yeah. sanity to the court. And so I say do it. I think regardless, like he could he could nominate communist Jesus to the court tomorrow. I think the left would still throw a fit and they would still protest. I don't think they'd credit him for anything. So I say, give them nothing. I say, put an originalist on the court for the next 30 years. Try to get somebody young. That'd be great. Um, and I don't think it matters as a political calculation because it, it, it could be Satan or it could be commie Jesus. The left will protest you and hate you either way. So stick up for your constituency. This is the affirmative, definitive, defensible reason to have voted for Trump. You know, as somebody who like Trump makes me cringe, he says a lot of stupid shit. Sometimes he does a lot of stupid shit. Sometimes at the end of the day, the reason I can defend my vote for the guy, it's because he put people like Gorsuch on the court and decisions like this came out five, four in the right direction. Mm -hmm. You have a chance to make yeah. those decisions even stronger. Please take that opportunity to put people who aren't political on the court and say, it's just my job to judge what the constitution says. That's it. That's it. Not people who right. say, no, the court's role is to like install some social agenda. That's the legislature. That's what you want. Run for uh, run for Congress. That's where you do that sort of uh, that sort of task. I agree. Yeah. So, I, hope he does this. I think he's going to pull through for us on this one. I mean, this he did bring this up several times in the primaries. I um, I would really I would really like to see what would happen if he picked someone like an Amy Barrett who is an originalist of, of like a Scalia persuasion, but is also, a, she is. A, I think she's pretty young. I think she's pretty young, but I, what I want to see, I mean, again, I know you don't like this, but I just want to see the reaction to like some type of minority, like this Indian guy from Kentucky or an Amy Barrett, like a female, just see what the reaction is. Cause it, cause they're going to freak out if it's a white male who's, who's of a conservative persuasion. You think that they're going to give a woman a pass or a minority? I just wonder what they'll say. Like, will they say she's anti-woman? Cause she's, yes. Okay. They hate conservative women. Internalized Maybe, uh, misogyny. Arguably even more than con conservative white men. Yeah. Either way, um, I based on the list, I think that's probably the direction that Trump's going to go, and I am in favor of it. Hmm. So that's uh, that's all. That's all the Supreme Court news for the week. Can't wait to see who the nominee is. By the time you're back, we'll be able to discuss it. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be hearing about this for ages. 
the left is just going to eviscerate every potential every potential person just hmm. comb through their past everything that they've ever said and done it's going to be yeah exhausting. but the th at the end of the day they don't have the votes because because uh, recall again harry reid changed the rules in the senate you just need a simple minor, uh, majority so as long as they don't lose susan collins or lisa murkowski i think they, they could lose one but not both mm -hmm. um which could happen god those <laughs> don't I, I don't have time to discuss Susan Collins. Nobody has time to discuss Susan Collins because if you did, if you talk like she does, everything takes two hours to explain. <laughs> have you ever heard anyone talk slower than Susan Collins? Our show takes two hours. Yeah, but we explain like a, dozens of different things, not one thing. It takes two hours for Susan Collins to say, "I'm the the justice must believe in Roe versus Wade." Or Roe versus Wade was correctly decided. Anyway. Left is freaking out about it being overturned. I, I would love that, but I think it's going to take another justice. Yes, I think because uh, we were talking about it on Skype before. I don't think Roberts would ever vote to overturn Roe. Um, and I don't think it's for any principled reason. I think, again, Roberts is more of a legacy guy. Yeah. Um, I don't think he overturned Obamacare for legacy reasons. I don't think he would overturn Roe for legacy reasons, meaning he doesn't want to be the guy who's known for that. So what would have to happen is Ginsburg has to, someone has to retire or Ginsburg has to die and you get one more Gorsuch type on the court. Cause then you have, uh, you would have this nominee, whoever it is, Gorsuch, Alito, Thomas, and then that future nominee would be your fifth. Well, she's 85. So if he gets reelected, then he potentially has until she's 92, right? 91. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that would be that would be six years from now. So yeah, she'd I mean, be ninety one roughly. Make it that long, right? No, I don't think so. Hmm. I don't think so. If he gets reelected, she's really in trouble. Yeah, I think he's got it in the bag too. I think it might happen before the twenty twenty election. To be honest, we'll see. I, I think maybe she's like Hillary and she died ten years ago. Who knows? If, if I told you, listen, you my theory on spiteful older women living forever, right? Maybe. It maybe maybe will come true. When I've gone back and listened to some of the oral argumentation in these cases, like the cake shop case, I went back and listened to the arguments uh, at the court. Um, and when Ginsburg talks, it's hard to even tell what the hell she's saying. It's it's almost inaudible. Yeah, she's like an animated corpse. Yeah. Like, retire. Come on. Retire. You're 85. It's Life political, man. Appointments are stupid. Yeah. Um, I guess we should do some super chats. Yeah, let's do that. The shooting. Yeah. Go for it. Um, Kakarosu. I'm not saying this entire name. Uh, sorry, sure. man. What are you guys' thoughts on the show Fash the Nation? I actually have never listened to Fash the Nation. Um, but you know, it's YouTube lore. Have you listened I'm to it? I'm actually unfamiliar with it. Who is it? Uh, I'm not super sure. Is it Mike Enoch? Let me know in the live chat hmm. who it is. I've heard good things. Maybe I should tune in. Um, I can't really call myself fashy without having listened to fast. Oh yeah. What a disappointment. Uh, bamboo hashtag men, the USA. Could you guys tell me what you think of mend the USA later on? I wrote the manifesto on its website. Um, we'll look into it. Bro. Sure. I think I saw an email in my inbox earlier today about it. So I will take a look at that probably later tonight. Yama Fago. <laughs> sure. On the newest episode of The Generational Gap, we had a very passionate argument about objective versus subjective reality, perception being reality, etc. What are your thoughts on this? Um, funny, I actually just made a video about this because of that, that goddamn study saying that the United States is tied for third in sexual violence yeah. for women with Syria. Um, 
based so, on experts' perceptions. Yes, Christina Hoff Summers actually asked the Thompson Reuters Foundation how they concluded this, and they yeah. responded, they're like, this was actually done in a survey totally absent, they said this, totally absent of data, based entirely on perception. Right. It's like th this mentality that only only your reality matters and there it, there are no universal truths. I mean, that's at the heart of postmodernism. It's it's yeah. very destructive. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Like, I do believe in objective reality that exists outside of your own perception. Of course, I mean, who doesn't? Uh, these people don't. I mean, these are the people who say, well, it's my truth. Like, no, 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 no. Not your truth. There How is the truth. How can you even feel grounded in your existence without universal truths or principles that, that you adhere to? I, I don't even understand how you... Don't look to me way. to defend it because I can't understand it. Oh, Alessandro Cortara Blonde, you said that dating a woman with mini tattoos should be a non-starter for any self-respecting man. Mm. Why is that? In all fairness, I do think that I just said that about single moms. Ah. Mostly I'm talking about like, sleeves and like you know like a few tattoos were in non-visible places or like little guys i don't care about that but like in seattle i'm seeing women that are just covered like chest neck arms like come on are, you, you guys have to roll chicks out like that right right um i mean if i'm speaking about personal preference i uh let me put it this way i think tattoos can go wrong on women easier than they can on guys they can definitely go wrong on guys but like uh, when they when they are done wrong on women they're done like really really wrong. really wrong yeah so I, I, it doesn't bother me like you said if there's something small tasteful even if it's visible but you know you start talking about gigantic pieces that you can't cover up yeah it's definitely. not for me it's not something that i'm attracted to and it also sh shows poor impulse control they're they're also very expensive too so you might be dealing with some bad financial hmm. decisions element as well. Well, now that we've enraged several people, uh, carry on. <laughs> um, also, Matt, I just bought an M1 G Garand. Cool. Yeah, M1 Garand. Garand? Garand? The, uh, yeah, the the rifle that won the world's freedom in World War II. Do you have one? If so, how do you like it? Yeah, that's the get-off-my-lawn rifle. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I do have one. It's a family inheritance piece, and uh, and it sits on the mantle above my fireplace. Cool. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a cool rifle. I've never uh, I've never actually had to tell anyone to get off my lawn with it. <laughs> Not yet. But I hope you enjoy it. Maxine Waters is coming for you though. Yeah. Uh, Dakota Stanton haven't watched live lately, but with a chance Trump picks three Supreme Court justices, it, is it is worth it? Um, hmm. We'll see about that. We're, we're all keeping our fingers crossed. Steel and Souls 15. This is for a most excellent patriotic opening. So here's my gratitude for making me stand after a sweet week of Trump wins. Let's wow. Get well, thank you. I was messaging you. I actually, I'm not ashamed to admit when I was mixing it earlier in the week, it's very simple. It's just Metallica's national anthem um, at a Giants baseball game over a big, mixed over a big Texas fireworks display. So it wasn't a lot of effort this week. But when I was mixing it, I legitimately teared up just a little bit. Oh. Because okay. there's so much hatred for this country all the time. And yeah. when you hear something or enjoy something and you genuinely love your country, it um it's it feels the same as like love for a person. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it just it's not like I cried, it's not like it was a waterfall, but it was just it was legitimately emotional. Touching. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I have complicated feelings about this country now, so I hmm. I, I don't get too emotional. I, I get nostalgic for what it once was before I even remember, you know? Like like a, a country you've never known. I've, you know I've not I've not lost all optimism. I think I think there's hope to salvage things yet. I hope so. We'll see.
Uh, Travis Valle, blonde in the 2016 primaries, I supported Carly Fiorina over Trump. Knowing how mm. you feel about women in government, would you support a conservative female president? Um, it would have to be one hell of a woman. It ha it have to be nothing less than Ann Coulter. <laughs> sure. And Carly Fiorina, didn't she run HP into the ground with her incompetence? I think her tenure was um was complicated. Yes, I don't. I don't. Yeah, man, I can't expect a woman to run a country if she can't run a business without mm. destroying it. It was HP, right? Am I it was HP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he also said, also Judge Judy or Shapiro for SCOTUS. I'm going to have to I go with Judge Judy. I freaking love on Judge Judy, man. And Judge Judy, I, I'm not aware of her politics or whatever, but Judge Judy's super woke on like men's rights issues, man. You tune she in. Is. And he's, she yeah. is. I, I actually legitimately tune in. Uh, you know, oftentimes I'm doing work or whatever. It's on at two o'clock here. So I, I, I put it on the background legitimately, you know, and I'm getting worked on yeah. on the weekdays. And Shapiro doesn't get to enjoy the fruits of a Trump presidency until he looks at all of us and says, I was wrong about Trump. I shouldn't yeah. have counter signaled so much. I'm super annoyed by that. Like, I don't I have no reason. We spoke about this a little bit on the Colin show. I have no reason to think he'd be a, a poor Supreme Court justice. In fact, I think he'd be quite good. However, he's doing this whole tongue in cheek bit. Please pick me. I'm going to wear a judge's robe and all that. Dude. If everyone did what you did and abstained from voting, you have President Hillary, Hillary and President. your nomination is not even a joke to entertain. So, like, it's fine to make your jokes and stuff, but could you please acknowledge that voting for Trump for this specific reason was actually a good choice? Oh, yeah. And that is why a lot of people voted for him. Um, mm. A lot of moderates and even people, you know, that were moderate left. Uh, BB's back. Oh, boy. Big donation says, hey, guys. Thanks, BB. We appreciate it. Thank you, B. Uh, Happy Frank, Fourth. Frank Underwood says, I'll be going on vacation tomorrow. In that spirit, I wish Blonde a happy and successful wedding, honeymoon, and impregnation. I also <laughs> wish Matt a successful courtship with a proper lady without Working on it. <laughs> Mono's not an STD, people. Yeah, well, people, uh, you know what? I'm not going to go down that train. It's not an STD. Keep going. And um, if it is an STD, like all of you have it. You're, you're all STD degenerates. Everybody, everybody's got it. Yeah. Uh, Bamboo Men in the USA. Matt, uh, write down Men in the USA so I know you'll check it out later and tell me what you think. Okay, dude. All right. It's in my inbox. I remember. I know it's in my inbox because I saw it today. Uh, notes behind the bar. Laying naked next to a kid, especially that isn't yours, is creepy no matter who you are. Also guaranteed there's sure. not a drop of milk in those teats. Chelsea, <laughs> you're not fooling anybody. I mean, yeah, that, that was my reaction to that too. I'm like, that's not her kid. She killed all of her kids. That's true. I didn't know she had two abortions did, prior to today. Two. And she's still like thinks it was good you know? yeah because now she can order thai food whenever she wants or some shit yeah whatever alec urban and coulter is such a savage and that's why we love her also matt and i once made love at a detention camp i separated him from his family and then detained him handcuffs how dare you how absolutely dare you sir can't believe it okay i'll just do a few more right now William Monell and culture is an absolute savage. Illegals need to be returned to sender for lack of proper postage. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. I love you guys. Uh, TNT cycles. PDX is the last one for right now. And then I'll circle back. Um, great videos from you both this week. Well done. Went to Peterson in Portland last week. The first oh, cool. show to be protested. Of course. It's so embarrassing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was it really? I haven't heard of this, but that makes sense. If you got a story from it, send send it my way. Send me right. an email. I thought, because there was just not a peep in Seattle when I went a few months ago. Congrats hmm. on your wedding, blonde. Best wishes. Thank you so much. Um, all right, we'll circle back to the rest of you. All right, so tell me the facts on this shooting. Because I've been mostly watching the media reaction. 
I know uh, enough, I know basically what happened, but but you know, clue me in on uh, on what this, this guy's was story Thursday. Is. It feels like this was three weeks ago. I know, geez. It's it's just crazy how a story can just pop up, everybody attaches to it, and then when the facts come out, the news cycle is already run through. Um so Thursday, Jared Ramos, thirty-eight year old, entered the Annapolis, Maryland Capitol Gazette newsroom with smoke grenades and a shotgun. He opened fire on the room, killed five people, wounded several more, and he was taken into custody alive. So initially, the story that everybody was blaming Trump, blame, blame, yes. blame Trump, blaming Trump, blaming Milo Yiannopoulos. And then as soon as it came out, and then every headline said, like, white man breaks into Gazette. That was with the headline. ponytail. Yeah. Probably incel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. And then his last name came out and it was just media silence on it. It was like, oh, Ramos, no. shit. Maybe we shouldn't have um <laughs> maybe we shouldn't have done this. So yeah. he actually had a beef with this specific paper. He had previously waged a years-long campaign against the paper through social media and the court system after the newspaper reported in 2011 on his guilty plea in a harassment case. So what had happened there was he had contacted a woman um on Facebook that he had gone to high school with. And he was talking about how he had all these problems and she was sympathetic to him. At first, she didn't even recognize him. She's like, I don't think I know you. And he like showed her a picture of him from mm. high school to, to verify. And um, then she was like, well, you need to seek counseling. And she was being, you know, trying to be understanding, doing stupid woman crap. And then he reportedly became violent over email. He was calling her really awful names. He was telling her to kill herself and everything. So she tried to cut off contact. She tried to block him but he was just emailing her and finding other ways. So then he started to contact her employer and mm. she was actually placed on probation. And then later she was fired for what she believes was a related reason because they were just sick of dealing with the harassment all the time. Okay. So he pleaded guilty to one account of misdemeanor harassment in this case. And a judge allowed him to strike the conviction and enter probation before judgment. So it wouldn't have gone in his permanent record anyway. Um, it's just like the charge disappeared. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, a misdemeanor. Who cares? But he still filed a defamation suit against the newspaper and um, continued to rail against the Gazette. Yeah. And this 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 defamation suit, as I understand, it, was a huge fail. Like he yeah. represented himself. And the I think the judge at the time said, like, no qualified lawyer would have recommended right. he pursue this case because he clearly doesn't have an understanding of what defamation oh, is. What Why? Defamation. Because what the paper had reported was true totally. like truth is a defense truth is a defense exactly yeah. um so he was just throwing all sorts of violent threats uh at the gazette on twitter for the next several for yeah. seven years now yeah yeah so dating back to 2011 but still it is the fault of of trump mostly and then i want to get to this milo thing later why they were blaming milo but the rush to say oh trump's been criticizing journalists and hating journalists for all these months it's definitely it's trump's fault trump's created trump's created the environment or the rhetoric that is that is right led to right this. so when yeah. something like this happens i always go to twitter to see what's trending and that day um it was like milo was trending number two annapolis was trending one um and, so, and some other things and then when you go to the feed it's like the top 10 or 15 tweets Thousands and thousands of retweets are like Trump caused this, violent yeah. monopolis caused this. There's blood on your hands. It's like you people don't even know who did this yet. Like, and then I saw that Sean King had yeah. tweeted, you know, you know that when they don't release immediately that it's a white man, which all of the media outlets did, yeah. uh, <laughs> that it's a white man, and that was retweeted five thousand times. Of course it was. Yeah. Like what? The, like Sean King's white. The one. <laughs> 
The one who, the person who annoyed me the most was CNN man, Jim Acosta, original fake news man himself, Jim Acosta, very fake news man. Uh, he did this whole story on CNN, basically blaming Trump for what had happened. And then, you know, kind of tosses in the middle of the segment, by the way, there's no evidence linking Trump's rhetoric to the attack. at <laughs> But, but he really needs to tone it down. So this was Jim Acosta yeah. on CNN uh, responding to the story in Annapolis. Let's go to our chief White House correspondent, Jim Acosta, for the very latest. Jim, what else is the president saying? Well, President Trump uh, changed his tone on the media today, at least for the moment, saying journalists should not be subjected to violent attacks after the mass shooting in Annapolis. That is a major shift for the president, who has repeatedly called the press the enemy <laughs> of the people, despite concerns from journalists. Okay, okay. Just to be clear on what he's saying there, it's subtle. President Trump said journalists should not be violently assaulted. This is a major shift for the president who has previously, what, called for the violent assault of journalists? Is that what you're saying? Now, I grant that he has been harshly critical, and I, he's Costa references this enemy of the people quote. Trump he should, did they are the enemy that. of the people. They're lying their asses off about people ruining people's lives indiscriminately just for their own political posturing. It's bullshit. Let's it, get rid of this. Uh, yeah, after we... I will always try to stick up for, for a free press and I'm still gonna for Acosta too, but it's like, man, you're making this tough because I really like watching people heckle you because you just lie and distort yeah. and, and all he does in this is make himself the victim even though nobody's threatened you, Jim. Nobody has threatened you, but all right, we'll go with it. That his rhetoric creates a dangerous climate. For a president who routinely demonizes the media, it was a significant moment one day after the mass shooting at the Capitol Gazette newspaper in Annapolis. This attack shocked the conscience of our nation and filled our hearts with grief. Journalists, like all Americans, should be free from the fear of being violently attacked while doing their job. But as the president left the room, he would not specify whether this is only a pause in his battle against the press. Mr. President, will you stop calling us the enemy of the people, sir? Look at all those fake newsers back there. Look at all. That's a lot. It's a critical question for the White House, as the president has repeatedly labeled the press the enemy of the people from early on in his administration to just this week. You know, the enemy, the enemy of the people, I call him. As we found at his rally on Monday, his supporters are often swept up in the moment. So it's, it's hard to hear, but that was actually Trump's South Carolina rally on Monday, and they're all chanting, go home, Jim, you know, go home, Jim, fake news, Jim, all that. Good. Like his, his supporters are swept up in the moment. Again, they're not threatening you, dude. Yeah. They're just heckling you because you do stuff like this, which is a distorted, ridiculous piece where you make yourself the victim, even though you're not a victim in any way. Okay. I found no link. Oh, wait, wait, wait. This is the, again, this is... I wanted to highlight this. any of the rhetoric coming this out is of tossed into the, the just the middle of the report. There's more to the report later, but this quote, he just sprinkles it in there as though it's not really, this is like three minutes into the piece, even though it's like headline number one to any rational person. Investigators have found no link between the gunman's actions in Annapolis and any of the rhetoric coming out of Washington. Oh, oh, <laughs> well, thank you, Jim. Thank you for that little clarification after you yeah, just made way, yourself a yeah. victim for several minutes. Unbelievable. So Acosta. I just don't want to hear this from mainstream media. Like, like they feel so victimized. They're so afraid. What about what they've done to alt media? 
you don't think it endangers us to constantly be casting us as Nazis all the time? Yeah. Like, screw well, I, I you. Think, I don't care about the safety of any of these people. I think there's that aspect of it, but I will, I, I'm with Trump, what Trump said. And of course, in principle, even journalists, I really don't like as far as their work, like Jim Acosta, if he, if he could show me someone was sending him credible threats, I'd say, yeah, that's terrible. We, that should not be happening. All you're talking about is people heckling you at Trump events. Nobody's Ooh, threatening so you. so sad. People and don't like me. You're, you're equating people calling you fake news Jim at a South Carolina Trump event with someone actually going to a newspaper and shooting them up. And again, that was not a political case. Like we have no evidence that this Ramos guy went to this Annapolis paper for political purposes to fight the fake news. In fact, right. he had a very specific personal vendetta against this exactly, paper. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, somebody in the live chat just reminded me. Do you remember when CNN threatened to dox that citizen for the meme? Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 I mean, like like these people deserve any special protection. Hmm. I I just don't care. Now, Acosta is not the only one. The the there are several examples, but I wanted to highlight this one too. This guy was the global editor at Thomson Reuters. That's a pretty big deal job. Global editor at Thomson Reuters. His name is Rob Cox. Tweeted this out, quote, This is what happens when Donald Trump calls journalists the enemy of the people. Blood is on your hands, Mr. President. Save your thoughts and prayers for, an empty, huh. uh, for your empty soul. <laughs> Now, Cox, <laughs> Cox later conceded that he jumped to conclusions. Uh, conclusion saying, quote, fair enough to call me out for jumping to a conclusion about the motives here, vilifying any category of people, journalists, migrants, conservatives, liberals, etc., can incite violence. Oh, he come tweeted. on. You see how he just tried to turn that around? Again? Yeah. This one hits close to home, genuinely saddened. Uh, Reuters editor in chief, um, Steve Adler, released a statement saying, earlier this evening, Reuters breaking news editor, Rob Cox tweeted about the shooting in Annapolis, Maryland. He has since deleted the tweet and apologized. Mr. Cox's actions were inconsistent with Thompson, uh, with the Thomson Reuters trust principles requiring journalists to maintain freedom from bias. We do not condone this behavior and will take appropriate action. No word on what that action might be yet. You mean none? Nothing? Nothing's going to happen to him? They, they say they're going to take action. Now, of course, the other scapegoat was, uh, was Milo. Is, this, is all, this is all Milo's fault. Because Milo, uh, as I understand, was previously in contact. So last week he's in contact with reporters from The Observer and The Daily Beast who were looking to interview him for some reason. And he responded in private text saying he couldn't wait for vigilante death squads to start gunning down journalists. These reporters then published the text. And blue checks, blue checks everywhere start blaming Milo for this Annapolis shooting. With, again, without any, two, without any evidence linking these, connecting the two, like linking these two things. Now, as far as what Milo said, I am hugely deferential to things said in private communication. Oh, yeah. We don't know the context. He was making a, some banter with journalists he doesn't like, apparently. Maybe it was over the top. Maybe it wasn't. Point is, it was private <laughs> conversation. It was not public incitement to violence. Those are very different things. So maybe it was in poor taste. Um, but but to the extent it was in a private context, I'm pretty sympathetic to that because if Again, if people got my private communication, they would also think I'm a terrible person who would yeah, celebrate we, we deaths like of people and <laughs> things like that. Um, and again, the rush to link him to this, it's not journalism. It's not fact-based. It's just political smearing. It's just opportunistic takedowns of a person you don't like politically. There is no evidence linking these things. No, yeah, exactly. Hmm. 
But you know, the damage is done. They they act like, you know, that you got a, a, just a cavalcade of blue checks here, ripping Milo, blaming him for this without it without any. Yeah, connection and whatsoever. then they would say, I saw so many tweets that were like. Yet Maxine Waters calls for peaceful confrontation <laughs> blamed by the right. It's like, are you yeah. fucking serious? Are you serious? I guess now, so. I mean. If Milo came out on one of his public platforms and said, no, no, I actually want journalists to be gunned down publicly. I'd go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, not, not, not good. <laughs> not good. But. And maybe maybe people feel otherwise, but the context of a private text in this case is what is the distinguishing factor. And the, the reason I'm not willing to disavow and condemn and say he's a garbage person and all this. No, but I mean, I reject this notion that they deserve to feel safe all the time when they are constantly making others feel unsafe that they disagree with for, you know, whatever reason. I don't think there's I don't think it's controversial at all to say a lot of these people, probably even the people Milo was replying to are intent on destroying lives. Yeah. Like maybe not violence, but they're intent on ruining livelihoods. So why do they deserve some special protection? They just lie about us all the time. They lie to the American people. And then they're like, oh, we're so scared because yeah. some random people at this paper that nobody's ever heard of got shot up because of some personal gripe. It's like, yeah, shut up. I mean, I'm never going to be in favor of meeting words with violence, even if the words are particularly damaging, but I don't, I just don't grant the premise that that's what's going on here. I don't grant the premise. That's what Milo was advocating sincerely. I don't grant the premise that those people in South Carolina actually want to harm Jim Acosta physically. I don't see the evidence of that. I don't see credible threats. I just see words. Yeah. So sorry. I don't have a lot of sympathy for these people who claim to feel unsafe. They're words. They couldn't even edit that properly, yeah. properly to make Jim Acosta look good. And by the, yeah. and by the way, uh, as somebody who gets a fair amount of like weird threats on the internet, you know what I do? I arm myself. Yeah. I'm a responsible citizen who arms them, who arms himself. So guess what? People out there who've been ripping the Second Amendment the whole time, maybe now you understand. Yeah, now you understand. And if you threaten Matt, as I've said before many times, he will literally send you his address. <laughs> and he has yeah, a you gun can come in every here. room. You can come here. My address has been public for a long time. Nobody can dox you if you already doxed yourself. Remember. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're running out of time quickly here. So yeah. I have a few more stories. The, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in New York, the GOP ad and hoax hate. You want to take a break now? Yeah, or? let's do two more breaks. Let's do one now and then one at the, before, before, the before the interview. Sure. Um, Agent Flippy, did either of y'all see Dr. Phil with Jeff Holliday? Where what? the two of them tear apart the creator of Jilly Juice. I have not seen this. I didn't know it was a thing. It was great to what? see a major health hoax getting called out. How did that happen? Who knows? I, I've not heard of this. Well, thanks for letting me know. I will check that out. Whovian Roxas says the outrage around Trump v. Hawaii um, was almost as ridiculous as last week's border controversy. The comparisons hmm. to Dred Scott were especially eye Oh, yeah. I heard some people yeah. saying that. Good God. Dred Scott. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go down that road because it's just so I'll waste a lot of time, but it's pretty good. Hmm. says, what do you guys think about the perception of Trump will, uh, will be like, or what do you think the perception of Trump will be like 50 years down the line? Are kids hmm. going to be taught that he was the worst president in schools or will the internet keeps the, keep the facts straight? Um, I think it's going to be really difficult to lie about history in the same way that we were lied about, you know, that we were lied to about certain elements of our history. I think if he maintains a good economy and if he's, he's, if he's successful in denuclearizing or bringing peace to the Korean peninsula, probably what he'd be remembered for. And I think that both of those things would be impressive accomplishments. 
Agreed. Thank you for that. Uh, Rachel Jane. Hey, guys. Happy Canada Day from up here in the north. Not all of us are socialists. That's good to hear, <laughs> Rachel. Thanks for tuning in. Metal Novak says, Happy Canada Day. Yesterday, I went out with a hot young Asian girl. No red flags. No lefty bullshit. Bit of a stunner, nice. though. That's okay. I'll be seeing uh, Yeah, you tomorrow. can get over that. If all goes well, future roaming millennials. <laughs> wow congratulations and i should say i didn't mean to like give a swipe at our canadian listeners it's canada day too you know oh yeah we're inclusive on this show i just forgot about canada like everybody forgets about canada i oh, totally yeah. didn't mean to take a swipe at that country that nobody remembers or <laughs> appreciate you guys uh, thank you big lc did you hear about the chick who turned up at her ex's house with a machete and forced herself on him? yeah she was not it was charged in, with rape, and there was not one mention of rape in the media coverage. I it was Great Falls, that. Montana. It's not far from here. It's like two or three hours away from here. She banged him? I think they did have sex, yeah. Like under threat, huh. physical threat. Really? Yeah. What a weird story. Yeah. Josh Hahn of Josh and Jess, bl uh, blonde, you have been glowing and look super hot since your fiance came back. Jess says it's because you're getting the D on the regular. <laughs> Hmm. God, you guys are so gross. Wow. I know that puts me in a better mood. I'm going to move on. Thank you, Josh and Jess. Michael Schlecht, blonde. Congrats on the upcoming wedding. I'm super happy for you. Soak up every second of it. The day will fly by. Matt, good job on the podcast or whatever. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it. Baristotle. <laughs> I like that. Good. I love how the people who were against how this case went ignore the fact that FDR hated public sector unions as it is government negotiating with itself. They make no sense. They always forget about FDR yeah. conveniently. Steel and Souls 15. What Pelosi means by violence is that the document could potentially leave a nasty paper cut if she ever sure. decides to pick it up and read it. Given sure. her age, that paper cut could be fatal. <laughs> True. I, that's the best explanation I've heard. There it is. Boogeyman 917. The Supreme Corp does damage to my bank account. As Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Unions and corporations both donated to her anyway. Happy for it. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. For that. Aaron William Jr., uh, can you run for Congress, Matt? Uh, I, I mean, I could. There's nothing stopping me. Uh, we, Montana's currently represented by Congressman Body Slam, though. I'd have to oh, unseat yeah. him. I actually have no interest in, um, in doing something like that. I think I, I enjoy doing this too much. And honestly, like, I'm interested in changing minds through this mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I'm not saying never, but not right now. Like I have no interest in holding public office right now. Not I even bet like you could affect more change from your current position. Probably than being like Montana's congressman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have no interest in being like city councilor here, to be honest. Maria Jameson, a big donation regarding Justice Kennedy. It doesn't matter how much you do for leftists. They'll never be grateful. Screw them. Good hmm. girl. Agree. Thank you. Radicus, you expect... Uh, a Linksgitis to have principles? Is that what it says? Alinskyites, maybe? That must that, be what it is. Yeah. Saul Alinsky believers or followers? Yeah. Oh, that's spelled properly, actually. Um, these people are crocodiles and will never be appeased, so good for Kennedy and would love to see him say fuck off. Hmm. Um, should we do a few more? Should we wrap Up to you. Up? Uh, I, I realize I forgot on. one clip in the last segment. The Kristen Gillibrand. I want to get back to that. Oh, we got to watch it. Um, yeah. Let's do that now. Yeah. Okay, so well, let's do that, and then we'll roll through the rest of these topics. We'll, we'll return to Super Chat before we get to Seamus. Sound like a plan? Sure. So, Kristen, so the other part of this, this shooting in Annapolis is, again, the guy used a 12-gauge 12, a 12 pump-action shotgun. Like, this is not relevant to the assault weapons ban, rifles in general. He used a pump-action 12-gauge shotgun. Nobody talks about banning these. 
And frankly, it, there's evidence. This clip here is classic evidence that they don't care. It's like shooting. I want my political outcome. I don't care what weapon this guy used or whether my political prescription would have solved or stopped this shooting. I just want my assault weapons ban. She's Chris, been exceptionally vocal lately too. She's probably going to run for president, Kristen Gillibrand. Kristen it whatever. seems like she's, like she's laying some groundwork, doesn't it? She gets up on, on CNN. So Chris Cuomo says, we don't know any of the facts. What's your take? Well, I really want to say that the Parkland kids are awesome and we need to ban guns. <laughs> Mostly. But specifically um, assault weapons, which again had nothing to do with this case. Uh, you know the news. We're still finding out why uh, this shooter uh, killed these people and hurt more uh, in the building where the Capitol Gazette is. We're light on details, but it does raise the issue of Here's another one. Are yeah, you exactly. aware of anything on the federal level that is being done actively to deal with the issues that seem to invariably surround these shootings? We know what the states are doing, but on the federal level, is there anything to give any hope for any kind of momentum? Well, Congress has certainly broken and has done nothing to end gun crime, but I do have hope because I believe the fact that this movement has become one led by kids, led by students, that it's <laughs> intersectional, so it applies to all communities, all kinds of gun violence. Yeah. Uh, that momentum that's being created by these kids marching, uh, marching out of school, marching on Washington, is making a difference. To have young women like Emma Gonzalez call BS on every excuse every Congress member has ever given her, to have a young man stand up to Marco Rubio and say, stop, taking money from the NRA, that's going to change things. I actually am optimistic that when we do flip the House and possibly the Senate, our first vote can be on common sense gun reform to actually ban the assault weapons and the large uh, magazines, ban the bump stocks, have a universal background check system where terrorists can't get access to weapons, uh, and then have the investments in mental health that have been needed for a very long time. I think that is all possible, uh, especially if we can flip the House and Senate. <laughs> this is what words. happens. When you put women in charge, they want to give power to intersectional children. Right. I love that quote. This is going to be successful because the children are leading the movement. Okay. Yeah. Mm. That's I'll what children you, are known for, their I'll strong leadership qualities. I'll, I'll remind you, they basically got a bill in Florida that said uh, no more bump stocks and we're going to raise the age to buy any gun to 21. That is the basically the summation, the entire political accomplishment of this entire March for Our Lives thing. That's all they've done, which is basically jack shit. They've, it's going to be so successful. Well, we're months out of this, and it hasn't been successful. Um, but, uh, but, but, but again, I can't emphasize enough. She's calling for rifle restrictions in response to a shotgun shooting. <laughs> like it, it would, it, her, her legal prescription there would have done jack shit to impact this particular shooting. And she doesn't care. Again, the, pr the premise of the interview was, we don't even know who this guy was, what he did, why he did it. Your take. Uh, definitely ban assault rifles. Ban, <laughs> ban assault weapons. Um, but it doesn't matter. Nobody ever questions them about it so they can get away with this shit. Yeah. And if, by the way, if you're questioning the importance of your vote in any capacity, just take note of what you said. If Democrats get majority in the House or Senate, the first vote will be common sense gun reform. Uh, so remember, Democrats 2018 and 2020, anybody can come in and you can't defend yourself. Vote for us. That's their official platform. Unbelievable. What a disaster. Hmm. God, do you think she's going to run? Yeah, I bet she runs, but I don't think it's going to be effective. I think she has some Me Too complications, too. Like, she's looked past some Me Too accusations. Who, was Schneiderman? Uh, something like that. I forget what her connections are, but she's connected to some familiar. Let me know abuser. in the live chat what it was. I think it might have been Schneiderman. 
does whatever a Schneiderman can <laughs> save the world from Trump, except for he got too grabby. Oh, what did he do? Like punch his mistresses in the face or something? He like one of them was ethnic or something. His and he slave. used to like, yeah, make her say that she was a yeah. slave and beat her up and stuff. Speaking of the Democrats, <laughs> this this uh this newcomer comes out of nowhere oh, this week. Geez. This Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Uh, she is a 28-year-old Puerto Rican lady, former bartender, Bernie Sanders presidential yes. campaign. Did you see that yeah, on Twitter? Gen- oh, yeah, yeah. We'll watch that clip in a second. Um, former bartender and organizer for Bernie Sanders campaign. She defeated incumbent Democrat Joe Crowley uh, of this district in New York City, who was the number four Democrat in the House Seat is a likely successor to Nancy Pelosi for minority leader, even speaker, uh, if the Dems, uh, Democrats gain control. Wasn't actually a very close election. Ocasio-Cortez won 57% of the vote to 42% for Crowley, but turnout was ridiculously low. 13% of registered Democrats showed out. It was only about 27,000 people voting in this New York district. Uh, Crowley seemed to take his seat and nomination for granted. He skipped a debate against Ocasio-Cortez and instead sent a campaign representative. Ooh. Who was Latino, right? Yeah, maybe it was Maybe it was actually a political calculation. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ocasio-Cortez is now presu- presumed to take a seat in Congress in the fall since the district is heavily Democratic. Uh, if she does, she'll be the youngest woman ever elected to Congress at 28 years old. Uh, Ocasio-Cortez, of course, is being celebrated by the party and media alike. She's she's the new face of the party. Again, even though she is radically left, like potentially even <laughs> beyond crazy. Bernie Sanders beyond left. Bernie Sanders, yeah. She is a self-described democratic socialist. She appeared on Stephen Colbert's, shows this, uh, Colbert's show this week to explain what exactly that means. Here she is on... Um, on Colbert's show. And I had to do some distortion for copyright purposes. You know, CBS are copyright Nazis, so sorry about that. What is your agenda? Because you describe yourself as a democratic nice socialist. Legs. And that's not an mm. easy term for Crazy a lot of eyes, Americans. Though. What is the meaning <laughs> of that for you? What does socialist mean to you? For me, so for me, uh, democratic socialism is about the value for me is that I believe that in a modern, moral, and wealthy society, no person in America should be too poor to live. That's Seems pretty simple. So what that means to me is healthcare as a human right. It means that every child, no matter where you are born, should have access to a college or trade school education if they so choose it. I think that no person should should be homeless um, if if we can have public structures and and public policy to allow for people to have homes and food and lead a dignified life in the United States. Are you going to be nicer to the president? You know, the president is from Queens, and with all due respect, half of my district is from Queens. I don't think he knows how to deal with a girl from the Bronx. Oh, snap. Oh, damn. Thank you so much for being here. Congratulations. Good luck. I mean, do I even have to say it, but like, bitch, who's going to pay for all this? Good question. So I spent some time on her website today reading uh, reading about her platform. That is, uh, that is the overriding question, the overarching question, because it is not clarified. There's not a... You see all these issues here? Medicare for all, housing as a human right, uh, you know, helping seniors, higher education for all. There's no... Um, Bitch, how the fuck are we going to pay for this? That's not a link. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a link you can click. But I do... Okay, so... 
Seriously oh, you speaking. have a note in there saying no explanation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously speaking, I want to just I want to explain what it is that she's advocating for. So number one, single payer healthcare. So Medicare for all, everybody's covered uh, by the government. Expand Medicare to cover everybody. A federal jobs guarantee. You and I discussed this previously. This is the Bernie Sanders job plan, whereby the federal government will guarantee everyone a fifteen dollar an hour job, full health coverage, and paid child and sick leave. Huh. Good luck with that one. Yeah. Abolish ICE. She's form. She's uh, formerly on the Abolish ICE train. It doesn't actually speak. It doesn't say open borders in her description here. If you're advocating, if you're advocating for the abolishment of ICE, then I think that that is implicitly right. I, I don't know. Do you mean like um, deconstruct the existing enforcement agency and right. replace it with one, or do you mean just stop enforcing? Just stop enforcing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Call for for open borders housing as a human right by which she means expanding low-income tax credits funding housing for the homeless and permanently funding the national affordable housing trust fund finally uh one issue to highlight here is the gun control and assault weapons ban uh she wants to ban quote-unquote assault weapons high capacity magazines bump stocks also this was interesting ban um congressmen from taking money from the gun lobby what? Where does it actually? I want to be precise about what she actually says here uh, and be fair because that's okay. Politicians, oh, what does it say? I know I read this. Yeah, require Congress people to take no money from the gun lobby or private equity companies that invest in the firearms industry. Ooh, that sounds like uh, quite the First Amendment challenge to me, <laughs> not let alone the Second Amendment issues, but. Oh God. And everybody's so jazzed about this. Yeah. All people were talking about all week, except for the shooting for five minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I said this at the top of the show, but I'm so annoyed that like far right is such an in vogue term, even if it is accurate in some cases, far left is never a term used by the media ever. Even if you're one step from just being a communist, like Alexandria right, Ocasio-Cortez right. is. I mean, can you imagine running a few decades ago saying that you were an outright socialist? I, let alone being cheered by an audience yeah. in, a stu, in a studio for a prime time, you know, late night uh, American television show. Um, but you know what? I'm actually in favor of this. I'm in favor of Democrats fawning over her and the media fawning over her because I want them to run on no guns and communism. Vote Democrats. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good luck. They Good luck, lose. guys. Good yeah. platform. I want that. I, I sort of want her to be the face of the party because I think she's so far out there that it's going to ensure the demise of the Democratic Party if it's not already doomed. Yeah. Now, this is exciting because for weeks, I, I, we've been doing that whole segment of um, you know, exploring how Democrats will miraculously lose in 2018 and beyond with all the ridiculous things that they've been doing from their stupid ads to Maxine Waters calling for the harassment of Trump administration officials to everything in between. We've been saying, if you're Republican, just cut up ads that show clips show. of these people talking. And, and they probably, did. They and did it. Probably it's exactly what they did. So this is an ad released by the GOP, National Republican Party, this week. It's called Unhinged. And it features a cavalcade of, um, of, of these crazies. So it's Bernie, Kathy Griffin, Antifa, Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters, Sam B, Michelle Wolf, Bill Maher, Johnny Depp, Madonna, and Snoop Dogg in the ad called Unhinged. 
A few years ago, ideas that we talked about were thought to be fringe ideas, radical ideas, extremist ideas. Those ideas are now mainstream. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. Oh my God. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless c What's Uncle Tom but for white women who disappoint other white women? One way you get rid of Trump is a crashing economy, so please bring on the recession. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. The left in 2018 unhinged. It's good. It's good. I mean, normally it, it's a powerful I, ad. I can't normally I'd say, look, I want to I want to know what you stand for affirmatively, what what you believe in, what your values are. And it's not enough for me to say, like, well, this is what I oppose and this is what I'm at least I'm not that I, normally I'm not a fan of that type of persuasion. But in this case, it's like, well, how do I explain my political evolution over the last two or three years? those people are crazy. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. It kind of speaks to that, you yeah. know? Hmm. You did call I, it. Look, if I were advising the national GOP, that's what I would have told them to do is exactly that. So good for them. Probably took them like two seconds to make that too. It's extremely low budget. Like the yeah. production's good, but it can't be expensive to make that. No. Nope. You didn't even have to film anything. They just took clips off the internet. Good for them. That horrible audio from the Maxine Waters. I know. I was just talking about how difficult it is to listen to, not just because of what she's saying, but well, it's because it's, yeah, the it's the mic quality, the sound quality is bad. It's peaking. It's just like it's it's even when you lower the volume, it's still like loud and shrill in your ears. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's that time. <sighs> no. I don't want to. Anymore. Now the nobody Every saw week. it happen, no. but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. It's always backwards. You think they'll notice? Even in this case, and just like last do. week, it's backwards again. Okay, so a family in Middleburg Heights, Ohio outside of Cleveland, says they have long been the target of racially motivated hate crimes. Don and Carlos Berry um, moved to this neighborhood seven years ago and claimed to have been the victims of hate crimes during that time, but the frequency, they say, has increased since March. Now, these claims include, as you can see in some of the photographs here, uh, backwards swastikas and SS signs on their garage door. You pointed this out to me. What's a maker? Right. What is a MIGGER? I'm going to carefully emphasize the M there. Again, so there, there's one here that has the N-word. Okay, KKK, SSS, fuck you, it has the N-word. This one with <laughs> this one above the garbage bins, as you said, says MIGGERS. That's two humps. That's two a humps. Double, that's, that's an M. That's MIGGERS. That's White Watsica. only... Miggers. Can you pull up that Swatska again? They're, oh. they're, it's backwards here. It's, it's backwards, backwards so on the garage that's an door. That's right? Because we were that's talking how about I this interpret the show. It. I was like, is that 
is that an SS or is that the first attempt? <laughs> it looks to me like the SS, just like the German logo. That but not even that's done properly. SS. That has like a little thing in the center. It's it's a little tighter. Like those look more like lightning bolts, you know? One of those is just kind of a V. It's true. They didn't do the third leg on the S. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Okay. That's just some of the allegations. What, else, what The other things they allege uh, here are... A wooden cross burned and left on their lawn. A sock monkey hung from a tree in front of their home. Someone burned their car. Someone broke into their home, assaulting Dawn in the middle of the afternoon. No description of the alleged attacker. Middle of the day, someone just comes in and kicks her ass. But she doesn't have a description of the attacker. Now, this is where it gets complicated. You ask, beyond the backward swastikas and the ridiculous list of things allegedly to have happened, why are you doubting this? Well, the reason you're doubting this is because they have not complied. The reason we don't have people caught in this case is they're not complying with police. Um, the family has security cameras, but in each attack, the cameras have been broken, apparently. They've filed police reports, but the police department says the, the Berries have been uncooperative, not allowing the police to collect forensic evidence. Family also will not turn over security footage. Theoretically, even if someone broke the cameras, that wouldn't necessarily damage the footage. You could probably even see who broke the cameras on the footage, potentially. So there's a lot of value to that, but they won't turn it over to the cops. Says the police chief, quote, I think the family thinks there's a conspiracy, but there isn't. We've had 32 calls for service there, and we've responded to every one. We'd love to have them come down, and we'd love to take statements and have a cooperative attitude both ways. But the family won't participate because the family says the police department is not to be trusted. The family, of course, has a GoFundMe set up asking for $30,000. Oh, there it is. And they've currently raised just over $1,000. Now, before we watch the story here, because this has been ongoing for like seven years, I was asking you before we did the show, there's got to be like some background information on these people. There's got to be a string of stories from the past that we should check out. It's just a bunch Couldn't of find allegations. It. There wasn't a lot out there. Like I read that the guy said that he was stabbed mm. in the house. And I also read that she claims that when they moved to that neighborhood, one of the neighbors came over and was like, we don't like your kind. Right. Or something, right. You know? right. But you'd think that like to the extent if they're having serious crimes committed at their house for seven years, you would think there'd be a string of news reports on those crimes and other things. Nothing like it's basically this and that's it. Only thing I could find from searching was like a, this lady participating in a black lives matter rally a few years ago. That was Is it. This chick white. She's a meth mouth white lady. Yeah. She does have pretty bad meth mouth, but her man's black. Correct. Yeah. They're an interracial black guy, white chick couple. Let's check meth out the, mouth. let's check out the news story on this. One local family says they have been the target of racially like, no. motivated hate <laughs> crimes. They say it's been going on for way too long. Victor Williams has spent most of the day getting answers about why this continues to happen. This swastika is something like, you don't expect to see in the 21st century. However, it's a sad reality that one family has been dealing with here in Middleburg Heights for nearly a decade. We want to live like, you know, the neighbors live. We want to live like Everybody else is allowed to live here. But that's been nearly an impossible task since Don and Carlos Berry moved into their Paula Drive home seven years ago. Normally we'll take a big hit, like a break-in, and then it slows down. It doesn't go away, but it'll slow down. Don says since March, these occurrences have been happening on more of a frequent basis. By the way, aside from the blatant racism... That part they just censored there, that's the Miggers part. <laughs> like they blurred out March, Miggers. these occurrences have been... That right there says Miggers. 
Does that they, say white only? Yeah, white only. <laughs> they still censored it out, though. Happening on more of a frequent basis. Wait, isn't that aside from the blatant? Uh, let me see. Nope, that's backwards. You can tell because uh, the right way they look like S's instead of like the cross. It looks like two S's basically instead of in this case two Z's, I guess. Okay. Yeah, that's that one's backwards, and also that's never at the right angle. Like if it was a Third Reich swastika, it would be at that forty-five degree angle. You sure know a lot about swastika. I've had to look at it a million times because of cases like this. Also, I'm a Nazi, of course. <laughs> have been happening on more of a frequent basis. Aside from the blatant racism literally written on the walls, someone broke in and destroyed most of their belongings. This cross was burned and left on their lawn. A sock monkey was hung from a tree in front of their home. Someone torched the only family vehicle that they own and even broke in assaulting Don in the middle of the afternoon. The family even has security oh. cameras outside, but they always end up broken. We've wow. been told, you're not wanted here. Get out of our city. Yet the Barry family doesn't want to leave the two. By whom? Like, who said that and in what context? They just don't describe it. Oh, I thought you meant who were the children by. Oh, oh. <laughs> good question. By children. By whom? By whom, lady? <laughs> We've been told, you're not wanted here. Get out of our city. Yet the Barry family doesn't want to leave. The two have five children living at the home as well. We're pretty much a close family. We don't really bother really? anyone. We work so hard to get to this point. The Berries have been documenting everything, filing multiple police reports about the incidents. But Middleburg Heights Police Chief Ed Tomba says it's a lack of cooperation. That's to blame for the cases never being solved. We've actually asked for some uh, forensic evidence, some uh, DNA from the family. And if we get that, um, it just will get us closer to finding out exactly what happened. However, the couple is reluctant to do so because they say the Middleburg Heights Police Department isn't trustworthy whatsoever. I'm not going to subject my family to go up there and give fingerprints of DNA for them to place that somewhere else. Regardless, the family is for hoping for change you. and peace. We want to stay in our oh home and just be left alone. So Victor Williams, Cleveland, $19. This is pathological stuff, dude. Like, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't think that this is mental illness. I think that they're just looking for, they're looking to capitalize on the poor. But they've been doing it for seven years. Yeah, they got a long con going. Well, I guess I, we don't know how much they've raised historically, but they haven't, we know from the news searches that they haven't been high profile about this until now. Mm. So that's why I say, I think there's more to it than just the money grab. Like I think they've been long con. Okay, fine. They've been this planning it since 2011. brother looks like he knows a thing or two about crime. He's like, we got to do this for a long time. Uh, and this chick looks like she knows a thing or two about drugs, to be honest. And putting out speculation drugs, based on her oral hygiene. All right. She might, for all I know, maybe she has a perfect dental record. Zero cavities. I'm sure. Hmm. Okay. You know, and again, in the 1% chance that it, that the ghost of Adolf Hitler did this, I will retract. I will correct. Uh, <laughs> but I suspect this is going to be one of those cases where they get a, a grand or two on GoFundMe and then everybody forgets about it. Suspect never identified, never found. He got away like the rest of those ninja Nazis every week. Ugh, unbelievable. Okay, we're already behind time, so let's uh, let's close out with super chat and get to Seamus. Um. Okay, we read this one about Alinskyites. Uh, Benny V says, "Dark horse candidate Jeb Bush secures Supreme Court nomination." Wow. Very, very nice. 
a guy rainy says reagan was dealing with the democratic senate when he picked kennedy ah so he was it was some something of a compromise ah okay um Redica says chief justice ben shapiro never hmm. nick west texas bear mcburnett no no thank you so much uh the canuck says happy canada day from one of the few non-leftist canadians in toronto if you guys could send us a copy of the Constitution, that would be great. We need it. Also, happy fourth and love the show. I think there's some free ones on the internet. You can yeah. find it there. Somewhere. Yeah. Pittsburgh said, can we get Blonde's fiance to come into our studio to read a few Matt and I once made love super <laughs> You know, I don't think he has ever seen this podcast. He Probably true. Do. Probably true. Um, I mean, look, if he wants, if he wanted to do that, I'd say fine, but I, I suspect he probably doesn't want to do that. Uh, no, absolutely. He wouldn't not. get the joke anyway. Uh, Falcon millennial M one carbine here had to nerd out. Ah, cool. I've never, uh, I've never shot one or never handled one. So that's a, that's a cool one to have. Uh, Kyle Loder went to my little brother's graduation and the word your truth was referenced a couple of times. Duh. I hate how people say that. Yeah. Your truth. Stand up for your truth. Oh God. How about you just find the truth? The truth. That, yeah. Way easier than finding your truth. Sock Puppet mm-hmm. Joe, America's the best country, blonde, practically every other country is socialist trash. Um, yeah, we got big problems. Big problems. I mean, and we're turning our country over to leftists and third world. Yeah, you're worried about like direction. I mean, you are worried about status quo, but you're also worried about direction. I think that's the other part of this is like... I, if if I had to ask outside of the context of Trump's presidency, if I were asked, do you think trending right or wrong? I think there are a lot of things that are trending the wrong way that I could name that I really do worry about. Well, even with Trump, um, I mean, we're still in an incredible, insurmountable amount of debt. I mean, what are sure. we going to do about that? We basically live in a welfare state and yeah. we like practically have open border. I worry the most that I think public opinion is swaying against bill of rights values. Yeah. And I think, I think that's demonstrable in a lot of young people. Yeah, I uh, and I, I think it's quite critical. You see polling, it's not necessarily a majority, but it's like 40% believe in banning hate speech. Majorities believe in banning guns outright. Sometimes, you know, it's like sketchy. What can we even like do that. with those people? We can't coexist in the same, country, it's going to be tough. The same constitution yeah. with people that, that think like that. But I still have hope we can turn the ship around a little bit. I don't know. Sometimes I do once a week. I feel hopeful. Hmm. Redica says, so it was an incel sovereign citizen was Article 4 invoked on the stand, and did someone get the court case videos to play sovereign citizen bingo? Fuck Acosta. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm not 100% clear what he means there. Neither. Uh, dangerous oh, sorry about that. Thank you for supporting the show. Leftists fight to gain more power, such as using the Supreme Court to get their way. That means their political opponents gain access to the same power. Do these morons not understand this? Exactly. Yeah, I mean... I think that they don't, they, they aren't particularly adept in long-term strategy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the welfare mentality with the left. It's like you it's need like immediate you, needs satisfied. Yeah. It's like, if you hate Trump having power, why don't we all agree there should be less executive power? If yeah. you hate having the wrong people on the court ruining your life, theoretically, why don't we make sure the court is actually not that powerful and not that meaningful? No, um, it has to be all powerful just in the way that I want it to be. Okay, cool. Uh, Fitzburgh says, anyone else bothered that Jim Acosta took a story about reporters getting murdered and made it about himself getting heckled? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. He I mean, made himself the victim. That's what was so off-putting. And then that person, was it from Reuters? With that egregious, there blood, there's blood on yeah, your yeah. He did the same thing. He was like, this is a this hits close to home. Right. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Yeah. Penny Wafer says, when you're talking to a journalist, there's no private context. Miles well aware of this and needed some free publicity. 
Hence the tasteless comment. Still no reason to assume it had any effect. Um, I'm fine with that. Yeah. My little been I, I, the headlines for a while, so I was like, oh, it's about about that time. <laughs> well, I, I disagree that there's no private context. There's off the record stuff all the time. Now, th- did Milo have an expectation of basically telling them to get fucked? Have an expectation of privacy in that context? Maybe not. But the point is, like, there's still in my mind a distinction between that and a public incitement to violence. Like it was Mexican not a public violence. incitement to violence. Yep. Fat Hooligan. Jim Acosta looked real brave shouting from the back of the room like that. He yeah. also might be more audible if he pulled his head out of his behind. Thanks. Sure. Oh, great. Yeah. Taylor Dixon. Jim Acosta. More like Jim Acosta. Am I right? <laughs> that that one. That one was not great. Oh, but... come on. Come on. <laughs> Ryan G. Thanks to that machete rape story. I had to explain to some woman. I know the concept of a fear boner. They assume that because he got hard, he wanted it. Is that a thing? Great story, compelling and rich. Um, Is I've that not, fear I can't boner say I, like a rape orgasm. I can't say I've ever had the experience. Cannot confirm or deny. Okay, huh. I'm not going to ask any follow up questions for obviously. Yeah, it's because your parents listen to this. Um, Nick West, Texas Bear McBurnett, have a great wedding, blonde. A big donation. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Lil Wang says no women in government. Oh my God! Here, here! Holy cow! I got to disavow. Ugh, why? I dis. Oh, sorry, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> I agree with that. Whoops! 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 <laughs> uh, it's your boy again. This is from Ashar. The possibility that Dems could retake any part of our federal government is the reason I want to join the Space Force. Ah, <laughs> yeah, we got to explore for intellectual refuge. Yeah, really. Got to find a place to live. Um, Maria Jameson says a big donation. Just, I predict a Cortez loss. Huh. Ooh, as in lose to the Republican? It, you know, given the turnout, I, I can't say it's insane because remember how so few people actually voted for her. We'll have to see. If that actually happens, remember, what was the name of this person? We'll have to remember to credit this person with the... Maria Jameson. Maria Jameson with the bold prediction. Yeah, I mean, it was really erratic. Um, and then two days or something like that before, you might have mentioned this, but she was so far behind in the polls. Yeah. Like, like a week well, before something like that. Yeah, and then nobody showed up. So she got her people to show up and Crowley didn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's easy to do in a small district where you have mass appeal. Like she's pretty yeah. compared to most politicians. Mm. Not my jam, but, you know, nice stems. Youth appeal, sure. Redicus says, someone needs to play the scene from Hook for that bitch, I want, I want, I want, me, 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 my, 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 I don't know. I haven't seen that. I'm and trying I, to remember. I'll have to go back and watch the scene. That is a movie I have seen. Whoa! Whoa. The reason I'll remember it is because it, you know, it made fun of childhood obesity with the kid rolling down, rolling, you know, he was, the, he did the whole cannonball down the ship or down the plank or whatever it was to, it, the, the kid was fat and that was the gag. You can't get away with that these days. And of course it had Rufio. Rufio was sweet. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Um, Matthew Vickery, abolish ice is such a massive failure that even CNN wrote an article on it. I'm starting to become optimistic that the left will lose. Um, yeah. I think they will. I think they will. I think we'll watch it. So get ready. Recent Evil says $30,000. Damn, nigger. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's a lot of money. <laughs> it's mega. It's mega, man. You got to go soft. They a, hard not R hard that, R. I know. Well, hard R on mega. <laughs> God, what a world. I know. Was, were they just trying to do some cursive? I think they were just, they put a little hump on the end, but the hump was too big. Too much hump. Yeah. Uh, Stedman Wellis says, my dad collects World War II uniforms, so I find it interesting. Why do you have a picture of uh, the Feld Gendarmerie? 
the Gorget gives it away in parade dress. Oh, it's he's talking about the Nazi reference in the artwork. Oh, I thought it's, you meant in the, in the back of your. No, I do have a, I do have a, a U.S. helmet in the background, but. Um, Why do we have that? <laughs> because uh, our guy Facepalm Reality, who did the art, had to put some sort of like Nazi reference in the art because, of course, everyone's a Nazi, and so are we. Yeah, that has nothing to do with Blonde Fear. <laughs> Dude, if my fiance heard heard me say that, he would be so mad. <laughs> okay, keep so going, mad. keep going. We Joel gotta get Frank out of here. Says Migger, as in M I G, or metal in inert gas wielding, so or welding, so right, welder. MIG welding. Yes, there it is. All welders are miggers. <laughs> gotcha. Thank you for clarifying. Thank you for that. Um, Gabriel Lopez, I swear Andy is no longer a homo. Someone please help him. Somebody p do please help him. His um, channel's just falling apart. I've not checked in for a little while, but I suppose that's probably true of a I lot of people. I tried to watch guys. one of his streams the other day, and it was it was unwatchable. And then I went to Social Blade, and he's just hemorrhaging subscribers. I don't know what Bummer. happened. Bummer. Crazy. I, I, I like Andy. Know. I hope that he finds a new co-host that helps he him. He probably will. He's shown an ability to adapt in the past. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he'll he'll turn it back around. Um, I mean, Jeff Holiday is on with Dr. Phil now, so anything's possible. Who knows? Uh, Matthew Vickery says, also, those aren't hate crimes. These are weeboo crimes because that backward swastika is the, is the manji symbol right. used in Japanese. It's those it. Buddhists or whatever. Yeah. A Falcon Millennial Blonde, you missed the last part. All other Aryans are disappointed in you. Is this because I questioned my swastika? They, yeah, probably, because you didn't know. Yeah, you had to defer to me to explain the proper swastika I, configuration. I like, Does that look right? Yeah. right? I don't know. I mean, how often yeah. do I really see, see swastikas? Um, all right, we're good. Okay. Well, let's, uh, in the interest of time, let's hurry up and get out of here, because I know uh, Seamus is a fan favorite. Everybody likes him, and we like talking to him, too. If I can, Where the hell's my outro music? God. All right, here we go. Anyway, we'll get to the Seamus interview in a moment. Thanks uh, to all our super chatters and our live chatters. Shitposting away, hanging out, uh, keeping us honest while we try to maintain sincerity. If you're listening on YouTube later or an audio platform later on demand, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Remember, there's more material, including the call-in show, other interviews and stuff we've done on other channels that you might not find on YouTube. Find those on the audio platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. They're all linked conveniently in the description. You can always email us. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. Um, we will be back next Sunday with Roaming Millennial filling in for the newly wedded blonde. Because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's time to get the press. It's Beauty and the Beta. And of course, uh, happy, uh, happy 4th of July to everybody out there. Stay safe. Happy Canada Day to you Canadian communists. And uh, <laughs> we'll see you next week. Stay tuned for uh, Seamus from Freedom Tunes coming up right after the break here. Bye, guys.
and welcome back. Our uh, guest tonight is returning guest, friend of the show, Seamus, from the production known as Freedom Tunes. Seamus, welcome folks? back. How are y'all? Happy Pretty to have good. you. How are good you? Back. Really good. I'm doing well. And I will say for the audience, unfortunately, Skype is doing what Skype does and is being uh, technologically difficult. So Seamus and Blonde will be bouncing back and forth on screen, unfortunately. But... You know, we do what we can around here with our duct tape capabilities. So I apologize for that. We're we're competing for airtime here, Blonde and I. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see who the audience thinks is prettier. <laughs> I think you're gonna win that one. So oh I my did, gosh, that is so kind of you. I did um exactly thirty seconds of prep for this interview. Yeah. So we're gonna rely on your charm and wit and um, I don't know, your your general uh, informed status on the news and all that. What's in your mind these days? Well, What's, sir, I, your optimism is well placed because I am good. a fantastic and B, I can rattle on for hours at a time without inhaling. So you can need Excellent. to prep for this. Honestly, I didn't prep much either. So let me think about what's bothering me. First of all, I find it interesting that Trump is gonna get another Supreme Court pick. That doesn't mm. actually bother me. Of course, the reaction to it does. One thing that's interesting, and this is something I either want to put a video or a vlog out on, is the fact that the left knows they need the Supreme Court because the American people will never vote for the things <laughs> that they want to see occur in America. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of the legislation they offer and the policies they suggest, it's almost exclusively based on platforms which the American people consider to be radical. Yeah, or isn't which it? they're unfriendly to. I find so this so interesting. They need the Supreme Court. They need yeah, yeah. the Supreme Court to get their way. They freak out if they don't have the presidency. They freak out if they might lose the court. And it's like, guys, wouldn't it be so much better if power wasn't centralized? Wouldn't it yeah. be so much better if these institutions weren't all important? And what mattered was how you voted. Yeah, imagine you, that. The, yeah, yeah. But uh, they aren't principled thinkers, so they don't think like that. They don't think in those terms. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, unfortunately, the Supreme Court just has a bit too much power. Interestingly enough, throughout most of American history, the Supreme Court was not seen as quite uh, as important as it is today. The same level of emphasis wasn't put on it because while it had made important decisions in the past and that was its purpose, it was understood that it was, this was to be used pretty sparingly in order to ensure that we were sticking to the Constitution. Sure. But of course, we're no longer in a position where you're expected to be a constitutionalist to be on the Supreme Court bench. And yeah. of course, in the past, there were poor decisions made. We talk about the three-fifths three compromise, et cetera. The Supreme Court has done some pretty messy things historically. But the idea that we need to now expand its power because we're just going to put the right people in those positions is ridiculous. And it's what the left has relied upon. I mean, uh, abortion was a losing issue for the left. Uh, and of course, that was... Uh, passed nationwide as a result of the Supreme Court ruling on it. Gay marriage was mostly a losing issue for the left, though that changed. There was quite a cultural, unpre an unprecedented cultural shift over the past decade, uh, which changed that. But even so, it's something most people probably would not have voted in. And then you look at other things coming down the pipe, like gun control. That's a losing issue for the left as well. And they know the only way they could get their agenda across there is if they have the people hmm. that they want on the Supreme Court. So they, they again, never, ever, ever get their way unless lawyers in black robes dictate to the people of this country that they have to obey. Yeah. Hmm. There's some grumbling on the right uh, about whether or not he's going to put in a moderate Republican or somebody far right. I yes. mean, my, my natural reaction is like, of course, he's going to put somebody in that's far right. But I watched right. Sticks, Hacks, and Hammer the other day, and he's like, no, he's replacing a swing, so he's going to want to put somebody only slightly to the right of that. And I was thinking about it, and I'm like, maybe, but I don't know. Why would he uh, not take the opportunity to give himself more power, to give him yeah. right more power? 
so it's interesting. Justice Kennedy was a swing, but it was a bit more complicated than that. I mean, he really was a disappointment as an appointment, in my opinion. I mean, you look at the gay marriage ruling, for example, and this isn't even so much my opinion on gay marriage, but the fact is it's basically the result of his vote that gay marriage is legalized throughout the country. But the issue is when he wrote the decision, his language is full of suggestions that the only reason you could ever oppose this is if you're a bigot. It really reads like the dissertation of some gender study student. Hmm. And that's kind of sketchy for a decision from the Supreme Court. Right. Yeah, but, I mean, the, and, his, his Kate case decision read much the same way, which the Kate case, you know, I, I think most people who, who are in our audience, myself included, obviously, are, are happy with the outcome. Yes, but yeah, but it was decided on a basis of that was like, well, this this particular Colorado state uh, agency was mean to him as a Christian man. And so if they had been nicer, it probably would have been fine. It was a totally it, it, it didn't have uh, solid reasoning. No, yeah, it, it was nonsensical the because they didn't deal with the underlying issue. Yeah. And it didn't establish yeah. any principle for liberty. It didn't establish exactly. any principle for religious freedom or freedom of association. It was just Kennedy aiming for a political outcome and figuring out a way to get there while creating the, the least amount of ripples that he could. It's really yeah. frustrating to read. Yeah. Exactly. The reason so many conservative people celebrated it is because we were all expecting for there to be a huge step back for this country in that ruling. But Fortunately, there wasn't. Now, of course, that doesn't mean there was a step forward. As Blind hmm. mentioned, those establishing principles would ever put forward that people have a right to do what they please with their property. Instead, it was some other reasoning. Uh, but he basically ruled on that specific case, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. saying something like they, they'll never be able people, to use that in subsequent cases as yeah, a president. Yeah. Exactly. These people were able to deny service to their customer in this case, but they didn't you know, establish a precedent. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, when you said earlier, blonde, far right, people use that term a lot, by which yeah. they mostly mean constitutional textualists. Right. Or I shouldn't like use that terminology because yeah. any of us, uh, we, I guess we're deemed far right by the mainstream media. 50 years ago, we would have pretty middle of the road. Far, uh, far right on the court means reads the Constitution for what it says and exactly. only what it says. Yeah. And, yeah, and exactly. you don't have to be a far right, you don't have to be far right politically to believe in an originalist interpretation of the constitution yep you know well, so it's interesting um I'm, I'm not familiar with the originalist approach uh to to put it in blunt terms what it says is what it says and what it meant at the time that okay. it was signed is yeah. what it means like you can't there are no unenumerated rights there aren't yes, these yes. fancy uh right. rights that are implicit in the concept of ordered liberty and other phrases from like roe versus wade and yeah. other cases in which the, the court just said the penumbra of the constitution the, there are secret says, rights the that are the in shadow. there if you look if you look close enough yeah right and yeah. that the framers kept in mind that times would change i'm always, i'm constantly hearing this argument like well they couldn't have anticipated that there would be changes it's like they wrote these things universally because yeah. they yeah. knew that there would be changes in in the landscape and they and no, they had no idea weapons technology would evolve. <laughs> That's, of course, yeah. it's one of my favorite memes is them all signing yeah. the document and saying, now remember, guys, none of this applies if technology changes, even yeah. slightly. None yeah. of it applies. Yeah, so back to the originalist question. Yeah. I, I, I'm familiar with that. I'm familiar with constitutionalism. For some reason, my mind went somewhere else when you said originalist because I'm not used to that terminology. But sure. it's true. And you'd imagine that everyone on the Supreme Court bench would be a constitutionalist. That seems like it should be... Uh, your qualification required for the job. Yeah, uh, yeah. But unfortunately not. And so 
this is what I was touching on earlier, but when you don't have constitutionalists on the Supreme Court bench, all it becomes is a committee of people to decide which ideas, popular or otherwise, should be forced onto the American people regardless of what the Constitution says. Yeah, it becomes political. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And the, and uh, the second it's political, it is no longer a necessary institution. It's it's really redundant with the legislature at that point. Yes. E- even yeah, moral, absolutely. I would argue. Um, I, I don't want them to be influenced by morality or compassion, and this is about law. Yes, hmm. what does the Constitution say? That's what we're bound by here. Right. And so, of course, the Supreme Court has value when ruling on something like slavery, for example. You know, they could say this is obviously not something that got the Constitution permits. Therefore, no matter what state you're in, you cannot make a law pertaining to this or, you know, suggesting that it should be legal. But when it comes to where people use the bathroom or sure. whether or not North Carolina can segregate their bathrooms on the basis of biological sex as opposed to gender identity, mm-hmm. that's not something the Supreme Court should be weighing in on. That's ridiculous. Yeah. No matter in, how in a lot you of those cases, it. keep in mind... How did we do away with slavery as a constitutional matter? We put in a constitutional amendment. You could you could handle the abortion issue or any number of issues the same way. Exactly. You believe there's a constitutional right to an abortion? Put in an amendment that says that, and and yeah. we'll solve it that way. There is a process by which we can make changes to the Constitution, albeit appropriately difficult. But it is yeah. annoying that rather than than abide by those uh, those procedures that are identified, we just feel like we should put people on the bench who invent. Th- the things magically that we want to be in there. Yep, let's find a new right. Let's go look through mm. this and find some new rights. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I remember uh, some time ago after Obama had made his uh, appointment to the Supreme Court, and or I should say referral, and the Congress actually examined it and overturned it, if I'm not mistaken, and everyone was freaking out because we weren't going to have a Supreme Court with you know, a sufficient number of people on the bench. And my only thought was, mm. okay, oh, so you mean states... And citizens are going to have to figure things out for themselves oh, no. if the time comes. And, and instead <laughs> of handing it off to, again, a bunch of lawyers in black robes to make the decision for the entire country, how horrific. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of had conflicting feelings about all of that. Uh, the whole Merrick Garland appointment is what you're talking about. The 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 justice yes. that yeah. that Obama appointed that was never actually, uh, never got a hearing in the Senate. Like on the one hand, at the time, I'm thinking... Well, I mean, there is a vacancy on the court. The Senate has a duty to consider this person, give him an up or down vote. Um, I, I guess I still think that would have been the right way to go. But there, the, I guess the, uh, the people on that side of it, too, make it sound like the Senate has an affirmative duty to do it at the earliest possible time, which isn't necessarily true either. The Senate has independence in advising and consenting. Uh, and so I still don't know where I stand on that. Like, was that a, was that fair play? Was that dirty? I don't know. Yeah, No, I, I totally hear you on that. And I'm not even necessarily trying to comment on the validity of that choice. Yeah, yeah. Just that I found it annoying that people were just up in arms about the fact that for some period of time, for a few months at the most, we wouldn't have a person filling this position. Okay. Sure. Oh no. Like who, ca- who cares? We can do without them. I'm sorry. I'm not, now people are going to, straw man me as suggesting that we should just abolish the Supreme Court altogether <laughs> again. Not what I'm saying, but you know, go a few months without him. I don't think it's the end of the world. No, it's the great hypocrisy of the left. They're like, we have this this overreaching racist government, but they're like, give the government all of this power. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, yeah. what's wrong with you people? Don't you see don't you see how this is problematic? 
Yeah, yeah, don't you see the contradiction there? Yeah. So makes my job easier in some ways because <laughs> I have a lot of material to write with. So something not a lot yeah. of people know, but I may have mentioned it before on this show when we were talking about my production process, but in order to release videos once per week, often what I have to do is take long periods of time away from my other work mm. in order to craft just dozens of videos so that I can release three videos a month and then make one throughout that month as well. And so the idea is I'm not actually making a video once per week. I'm releasing three, which I already had, and then making a new one because it's just impossible to do one new video a week, especially since I still have freelance work on top of that. I mean, currently I'm outputting like six videos a month, yeah. uh, seven sometimes. It's probably really closer to eight, honestly, when you can take into account all the other freelance work. But the point I'm making here is this past month, there was so much material to work with that for three weeks in a row, I just made a brand new video that week because I couldn't pass up on commenting hmm. on some of these current events. Yeah. yeah. And so in some ways that made my job a lot harder because I was working around the clock to get these videos done that week when I usually have like two or three weeks to spend on them. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I felt I feel I got some good comedy out of it. So it's a really mixed bag. Uh, in yeah. My field. Whatever you're doing is working. It looks like your Thank channel's you. doing pretty well. You just crossed 200,000 subscriptions, I yes. saw. So congratulations on that. Congratulations. Yeah, very exciting. You know, when I started the channel, I've, I have to say, I had no idea where it would go. Obviously, I hoped something would come of it. I hoped that at some point I'd be able to do it full time practically, but mm -hmm. it's still a bit surreal. You know, I hit a hundred thousand subs in February. And now it's it's June. Uh, going well, you July. got a hundred thousand more that quickly in just yes. a matter of of like four yeah. months. Yeah, nice. I know. It's it's extremely humbling and. It's really incredible to know that not only is there a dedicated fan base for my work, but that I'm in some way able to represent what we used to call the silent majority. The fact mm. that, you know, there are people who want to be entertained by content, which is going to make them laugh, but they don't want to have leftist values shoved down their throat. Yeah, yeah. There's a That's huge market for that. I don't see why yeah. Hollywood doesn't see it. It's like you could make so much money, idiot. Yeah. Exactly. No, they see it. They just want to ignore it. Yeah. You know, they don't care. This is something that Andrew Breitbart used to talk about. He mentioned that, you know, one thing that the conservatives and Republicans do every four years is we'll tell very rich donors that they need to give money to a particular campaign because this is the most important election in history and we need to ensure that our values are preserved in this country. And yet we've never for a moment thought to go to some of these same donors and say, you know, it would be more valuable if you invested some money so that we could start some film studios which promoted our values instead of theirs. Mm -hmm. Because as Breitbart was fond of saying, Politics is downstream from culture. And I'm a firm believer in that. That's why I do what I do. Yeah. Because I believe there's some kind of impact to be had there. Again, it's not simply a matter of wanting to change people's minds, though that's part of it. It's also just a matter of noticing that the media is so biased right now and that the vast majority of the American people work really hard every single day and they come home and they turn on their television for their half hour or hour of relaxation time and they don't want to be condescended. They don't want to be talked down. Yeah. They don't want to tell someone that they're a deplorable backwards troglodyte for having perspectives that are outside of the status quo of people who have never worked a real job in their lives. Yeah, and that's just it. It's like I, I definitely appreciate work like yours that comes from a political perspective with which I agree. Like there's definitely room for that in my life and I enjoy it. The other part of it is, can I, is what you're saying there, which is, can I just have entertainment that doesn't shove politics yes. in right. my face yeah. for the love of God? Can I just have good stories? I know. Or, you know, compelling characters, those yeah. sorts of things. Yeah. 
I, I agree completely, and it sounds a bit ironic coming from me, but one thing I've mentioned in the past is I sort of drew this line in the sand where I said, no, Freedom Tunes is political. It's supposed yeah. to be political. Yeah. Star Wars isn't supposed to be political. Yeah, yeah. That's Why is it? True. You know, Star Trek is, is supposed to be vaguely political. Sure, I'll give them that, but... Communist There's, propaganda. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, Despite the fact that you know, I, I'll admit it. I love Star Trek. I'm a total <laughs> nerd. But you guys, you guys should have a hangout about that. Just, but, but Blonde loves Star Trek too. So you do you should, really? Just yeah. the Next Generation. Next Generation. That was a good series. You see, I love the Next Generation, and I also love the original series, but for very different reasons. Because William Shatner's acting is so phenomenally campy. Yeah. And yeah. just seeing him screaming and flailing around, it's. Oh and he God, was kind of the seen. original alpha male like he was just banging chicks all over the galaxy dude alien <laughs> chicks like yeah. not even just we've never discovered this species i'm gonna have sex with her yeah how progressive wow, wow. wow bill i know uh, he just assumes that everybody has the same vagina and i guess they do i don't know yeah for, for whatever reason I, it just bothers me because there are people you can't have sex with without getting into this <laughs> And he's having yeah, sex yeah. with aliens? That seems like a risky move. But, hey, I'm sure the Federation has cured most diseases. So That's I'm true. sure he was safe about it. He wasn't irresponsible, you know? He's, he's I, I do not think Captain Kirk was safe about it, though. No. <laughs> I highly doubt it. it I, I got to disagree with you on that. But sort of back to what we're saying about political messages being encoded into everything. I'm also a firm believer of the fact that all teaching is formative in some way. This is a cheesy way of putting it, but the way I see it is you, you can't you can't spell information without formation. Anytime you express anything to anyone, you're sort of pushing your perspective to the, on them, even if it's unintentional or very subtle. But there's a difference between my core philosophy in terms of my beliefs on human nature being represented in the ways my characters behave and having a TV show or film where all the conservative characters are idiots and all the liberals are smart and with it. You know, so while I understand people's biases are going to just work into things inevitably, it becomes really obvious when they're trying. And again, this might sound hypocritical coming from me, but I've expressed in the past, Freedom Tunes is supposed to be political. When I work on cartoons that aren't supposed to be political, I don't put political messages in there. Because mm -hmm. that's not what people are coming to me for. Yeah, it's, it's part of it is it's exactly what you just said. It's knowing what your consumer is looking for. Obviously, in the case of Freedom Tunes, they're looking for a little jabbing, a little political jabbing of sorts. They're looking for a political theme. But to your point, when I go to see Star Wars, when I go to see, I don't know, maybe I'll go see this crappy Jurassic Park movie this weekend. I want to see, see some, too, I'll go yeah. see something else. I don't. I'm going to see the Velociraptors, right? Or whatever cool yes, dinosaur yes. they have. I'm not going to, to hear about the virtues of socialized medicine or something like that. Right. You know? I know. Well, this is interesting because recently there was controversy over the fact that in Jurassic World there was a scene cut where one female character reveals that she's either lesbian or pansexual or something mm. along those lines. People were freaking out over it. And my only thought is, okay, you can't tell the same people who would have been freaking out if she had revealed herself as lesbian that they shouldn't be too concerned with what's in these films and then no. at the same time freak out when they cut that scene. Yeah. Because here's the, here's the question, and this is what we need to be asking just at, from the perspective of a storyteller. Does it fit the story? Does it suit the story? Does it help move the plot forward? Yes. Something tells me this lady stopping in the middle of a battle against velociraptors <laughs> to express that she, in fact, enjoys... The company of women as opposed to men in a romantic context yeah, yeah. irrelevant irrelevant forward yeah. it's just a, a way to virtue signal and i think part of the reason they probably cut that scene is because they see all the backlash 
against the Star Wars franchise that's yeah. against Disney for what they've done to that. Yeah. Did you see the uh, lesbian raptor scene they cut out? I heard that was that was pretty good. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Because all the dinosaurs. No, I, I'm interested, and I'm actually curious why they haven't worked this social justice message in. Because mm. in the first Jurassic Park, one of the plot points is that all of the animals on the island are bred to be female. They're genetically right. engineered I remember so that they that. can't yeah. reproduce without humans. But then yeah. they change their gender because there's some kind of frog DNA yes. which allows them to change their sex. Yeah. And are you guys serious I, right now? No, yeah, that that not, was part of the original Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park? Yeah, it has been of, like twenty yes. years. Yeah, no, that's, they 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 made them all female, so obviously the animals wouldn't reproduce out on their own. That was the aim. Yeah. But then that they mutated. Makes sense, I guess. They no, mutated. No, exactly. they, yeah, it, it did. Not, it did make sense. It was not an intentionally social justice driven film at all. Yeah. But my point is, I'm surprised that that has not come up in Jurassic World yeah. or. Yeah, it doesn't come we, up in the we made them all females so they're powerful and strong yeah, exactly. unlike those toxically masculine <laughs> raptors or whatever yeah, yeah exactly the toxic yeah. toxically masculine rex dude it's uh, <laughs> a serious issue yeah and that's hilarious jurassic world uh yeah i'm excited to see it to be honest i i, I, I hated the first the jurassic world i absolutely you loved did it. you hated Oh, my oh God. God, I hated it. It was so stupid. It's like, oh, uh, we learned nothing from the previous Jurassic Park. We let children go unaccompanied. We also uh, build uh, our, our chief biologist guy at the park has secrets about what the dinosaurs are made of genetically, and he won't tell anyone, which seems like key information for the person who runs the park to know. And then, of course, you have Chris Pratt being mad at the redhead. He's mad at the redheaded character the whole time. I forget her name, but she basically makes a series of decisions that almost kill everybody. And then at the end, he's just like, God, you're hot, though. And they make out anyway. And it's like, she, yeah. she almost killed you. Is it Blythe Dallas? Well, she was, I, to yeah, be fair, though, to be fair, he had to give her points because he realized that she was pansexual and she was making <laughs> a lot of these decisions because society was oppressing her and not allowing her to live out her true desires. Yeah. So. That was an, yeah. They cut that scene too, of course. You, <laughs> you know, you know what the Hollywood worst. Hates gays. Hollywood. Everyone knows how anti-gay Hollywood is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if ever mm. there were an industry that just did not welcome homosexuals, <laughs> it's Hollywood. You know what the worst part of that Jurassic World movie was? What? The end of the movie, everybody's going, "Oh, great show, good show, oh, wonderful!" You know People what? clapping you are at a the. Curmudgeon. Do you, I are know. You, He's like are, you a clapper? are you a clapper? Are you are you a movie clapper? Depends on the film, you know. Uh, you know, okay. Garfield two, it's all two kitties, absolutely. <laughs> you know, Beverly Hills Chihuahua three, yes, but it has to be that good. It has to, be it has to yeah, it uh, has to be pinnacle of cinema. I agree. Oh, okay. Now, all right, I think you. Here's what I think about clapping at movies. You clap if your expectations were either met or surpassed. And I think most people expected to see a stupid movie about dinosaurs, and they saw a stupid movie about dinosaurs, so they were happy. And you you're clap mad at if them. their performers you're can mad. hear you. That's the purpose of clapping. Oh, the performers cannot hear you. It's about the shared experience of exactly. the audience. That is I am not you sharing that experience. I'm with Seamus on this. One. Oh exactly. my God! Clapping at movies is the stupidest. Yeah. It is the That's stupidest right. thing. It is so dumb. No, you're right. The, we when I, okay, so when, when I went triggered. to um the the Last Jedi. And spoiler alert! Sorry, most everybody's seen it by now. But spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! When Snoke dies, they oh. all clapped at Snoke's death. I was like, God, God, shut you up. You know what? All right, all right. Let me. <laughs> Let me explain something about Last Jedi. I'm about to spoil something, so if you guys don't okay. want to hear what happens, please cover your ears, take off your headphones if you're listening, yeah. mute it for a second. 
I was watching that film and I was getting progressively irritated. And then this scene comes where Rose prevents Poe from crashing into that Ugh, alien laser. The worst part. And she says to him, this is how we're going to win. Not by destroying what we hate, but by saving what we love. Yeah. And I said, this is why ISIS is going to win. <laughs> yeah. It was the worst. Me? It was one of the worst That's moments, the worst if not one. the worst single moment in Star Wars history. I know. I, I, was, I would say. Yeah. It's ridiculous. They made Luke a grumpy. Now, now, now here's the thing. I'm not even going to get into this because I'm not a huge Star Wars fan in the first hmm. place. I understand why Star Wars fans are annoyed by the social justice messaging, but I don't really have very few uh, concerns about whether or not they're being like true to the original franchise or whatever. That, that doesn't bother me as much. But again, the political messaging. And that was just obviously a political message. Like this is oh, yeah. why the army is bad or something. Like somewhere at the kernel of that yeah. statement – was yeah. we should never fight with anyone ever, even if they're doing horrific things to us. Yeah, it's like, you know, killing what we hate has worked uh, in several instances in history. Yeah. In fact, it was yeah. morally necessary. Don't uh, kill I'm... what we hate. Punch Nazis. Right. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. totally. All right. Well, we uh, we're, we've uh, we've run up on time here. That, that, went, that went by that quickly. That went really quick, yeah. 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 So well, thank, th thanks for filling some time on our show on a moment's notice with no prep. Much Sir, I'm a yeah. windy fella. I'm a very windy <laughs> fella. You can yeah. always count on me to blab on for a half hour. This is rookie stuff. If awesome. Anything. Well, I, um, you're welcome back uh, whenever you'd yeah. like to come back, of course. I know people like hearing from you, and I know people love your oh, channel. Um, remind people uh, where they can find you on YouTube if they haven't already, which they probably have. Oh, that's kind of you. Well, my friends watching this video, if you've just discovered me and you want to hear more of my opinions, but you don't want to see my ugly mug, you're in luck because <laughs> most of my videos are fully animated. So all you have to do is hear my voice. Now, before that prevents you from looking up my videos, I promise they're very woke and funny. So go to youtube.com slash freedom tunes or just type in freedom tunes in the search bar. That is T-O-O-N-S. A lot of people misspell it tunes, like as in musical tunes, hmm. T-U-N-E-S. It's T-O-O-N-S, T-O-O-N-S. Freedom Tunes. You can also check on the Facebook page if you want. Uh, Facebook.com slash Freedom Tunes. But we mostly focus on the YouTube channel. And if you want to support a person creating content which promotes positive values and you want to help me pay some of the people on the team who help me get these videos done when needed, please consider supporting my work at Patreon.com slash Freedom Tunes as well. Awesome. Well, that is our guest, Seamus from Freedom Tunes. Thanks for coming on and uh, have, a, have a happy 4th, sir. And of course, Thank to everyone you so much. in our audience, happy 4th of July. Yep. Appreciate you guys and uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye.